0: Hello. Hello.
1: Welcome back to episode 9 of Word Word. I'm Sid. I'm Shay. And we're bringing you a very special story corner episode that we pre or hinted at
2: mm-hmm. in a our episodes ago. Yeah, in our
1: mini episode. Um that was not very mini.
2: No, it was pretty much the same length as all of our other ones. Actually to
1: maybe be- a little bit longer. No, to be fair, it was the shortest. Was it? By like two minutes.
0: Uh oh. So okay. it was still
1: over an hour. So many. So many. <laughs> but um we will be taking a little deep dive into Jeanette McCurdy's I'm Glad My Mom Died.
2: Yeah. Um, and so just to give you a inside the cover little preview about what the book's about, because um it's here for a reason. Why not use yeah, it? Yeah, why not use it? <clears throat> Jeanette McCurdy was six years old when she had her first acting audition. Her mother's dream was for her only dollar to become a star and Jeanette would do anything to make her mother happy so she went along with what mom called calorie restriction eating little and and weighing herself five times a day she endured expensive at-home makeovers while mom chided your eyelashes are invisible okay you think dakota fanning doesn't tend hers she even showed mom she was even showered by mom until age 16 and was also forced to share her diaries email and her entire income and i'm glad my mom died Jeanette recounts all of this in unflinching detail, just as she cr- chronicles what happens when the dream finally comes true. Cast a new Nickel- Nickelodeon series called iCarly, she is thrust into fame. Though mom is ecstatic, emailing fan club moderators and getting on a first name basis with a paparazzi, Hi Gail! Jeanette is riddled with anxiety, shame, and self loathing, which manifest in eating disorders, addiction, and a series of unhealthy relationships. These issues only get worse when, soon after taking the lead in the iCarly spin-off of Sam and Kat alongside Ariana Grande, her mother dies of cancer. Finally, after discovering therapy and quitting acting, Jeanette embarks on recovery and decides for the first time in her life what she really wants. To live refreshing candor and dark humor, I'm glad my mom died, since it's an inspiring story of resilience, independence, and the joy of shampooing your own hair. So, that's a little,
1: um excerpt summary about what we're gonna be talking about yep um go ahead and put it at the very beginning of trigger warning for eating disorders for addiction, addiction for abuse um, emotional mental mm-hmm. physical um i guess ocd kind OCD, of as well um schizophrenia is in here as well
2: mm-hmm.
1: um so like it says you know it's it's a very
2: oh um also child sexual abuse
1: also child sexual abuse yes um it's a very it it can be very dark um for some so if that is not for you please feel free to skip this episode we will support you um we have another one coming out
2: shortly too
1: so it will be you know we could you can hop back in another episode of word word if you can't do this one
2: you're not missing all that much i promise so with that
1: said let's get into it Mm mm-hmm Okay, so we're going to start off with just
2: kind of giving a brief overview of her childhood. Yeah, and kind of what that looked like, just kind of the environment she was growing up in, who the kind of main players were in it, that sort of deal.
1: Which starts off with a prologue pretty much telling you about um, experiencing um, her mom in the ICU, in the hospital, and, you know, being there with her family members, her mom, I mean, her dad, her grandma, grandpa, and her three brothers, um, Marcus, Dustin, and Scott. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of the biggest things that stuck out to me, just like immediately when I read this and I was like, I know, like, this is going to be a very intense kind of heart-wrenching story was her, um, telling her mom. Well, in the ICU like she's so skinny right now she's finally down to 89 pounds which was the goal weight weight her mom had for her yeah and so um expecting like that was going to be the thing that was going to wake her up out of this coma and it was just like that's
2: just so just sad I mean it's it's diabolical to me yeah. like to impart that on your child like it's just so fucked up
1: yeah it's
2: um it's awful um, and you kind of go in to the first chapter with that in mind of like this is what her mom of the end result was of this childhood
1: yeah and that, that's what like that's what she knew her mom would want to hear the most and that's like what she's going to be striving for if that's like what she thinks like her mom will wake up out of her coma for that and it's just like you know that that's what, that's the importance that her mom has placed in her.
2: Mm-hmm. That, like,
1: I need to be skinny.
2: Yeah. So, getting into, like, her actual childhood, though. um, I mean, Ralph, that it's a very dysfunctional household. Um, She lives in this house that, I mean, we'll get into it more, but, like, it's very cramped. Um, her mom is a hoarder. Um She lives there with her three brothers. Uh, her mom, her dad, sometimes. Um, and her... Grandma and grandpa. Mm -hmm. Her mom's parents. Yes. Yep. And it's also um, her dad's parents, her paternal grandparents' house. They're the ones who own the house, actually. And they're
1: paying rent or their mortgage or something.
2: Yeah. um, While living there. Right. Um, And, like... This house, too, there isn't enough room for everybody, and that's made clear pretty early on by the fact that, you know, they're sleeping on mats on in the living room because both the bedrooms are taken up with by, like, just hoarded stuff. Um, so, like, the grandparents, I think, they get their own room. Um, I want to say mom does as well.
1: M- mom, I read later in the book that mom a lot of times was just disgusted by the dad, Mark. Oh, no, no, she was. I mean, <clears throat> and so she said that. Abusive. Yeah, she said that um, normally the mom would sleep on the couch near the kids. And then the dad would be able to have the bedroom because he also snored. And she, like, wanted to be as far away from him as she could. There was, like, a little bit of room on the bed that was free for one person. Because yeah. there was just so much stuff, stuff. in this house. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, again, right off the bat, you can see that, um, you know... Jeanette is really playing into um, appeasing her mom mm-hmm. so it's like Christmas um or it's her birthday it's her birthday oh because she used Christmas wrapping that's why yeah um it's the end of June and it's her birthday and she is so you know she opens up the present and she's so disappointed because it's a Angelica t- like from the Rugrats t-shirt and shorts outfit and she cannot stand Angelica. Her least favorite character. She hates flowers, and there's flowers on it. Mm -hmm. She hates ruffles. and Yeah, it's just... Everything she doesn't want.
2: She says, and I quote, "Um, If there's one thing I could pinpoint as being directly in opposition to my soul, it's ruffles. And This is what her mom gave her. Yeah, and she
1: immediately throws on this fake smile, and is like, excited, I love it, it's my favorite gift ever to her mom, because she wants her mom to think that she loves it, because she is constantly playing into this thing of, like, I my life is for my mom right um and by the end of it you know i need to
2: make her happy at all costs
1: yeah she's singing happy you know everybody's singing happy birthday and she blows out her candles and um her one wish is that her mom gets to live another year because she feels like it's her right or her responsibility to sing or to to have that wish be for her mom
2: right and i mean her mom definitely imparts that thinking on her as well because uh, she says, Mom loves recounting her cancer story, uh-huh. the chemotherapy, the radiation, the bone marrow transplant, the mastectomy, the breast implant, the stage fourness of it. How she's only 35 when she got it to any churchgoer neighbor or fellow Albertsons customer who lends her a listening ear. Um, even... Though the facts of it are so sad. I can tell that she, the story itself, gives mom a deep sense of pride, of purpose. Like she, Deborah McCurdy, was put on this earth to be a cancer survivor and live to tell the tale to anyone and everyone at least five to ten times.
1: And she, like, reminisces about her cancer like it's like a great pastime,
2: like it's a vacation.
1: Um, she has a video, or they had created like a video on like a you know camcorder that in their V, their VCR. They would play every Sunday after church church Mm -hmm. and say, guys, look at how grateful you should be that I'm still here. Like, look at what Mm -hmm. God did for me. Like, mommy's on, you know, be grateful for where mommy is now. And when I'm looking up like common experiences with cancer survivors, normally it's like the fear that it will come back or there's like kind of a change in the family dynamic. You know, maybe a survivor's guilt, and maybe they appreciate life more. And sometimes people will dive even more into spirituality when given, like a terminal illness diagnosis or a diagnosis. When like, mm-hmm. um, which they are pretty, they're like, you know, they're they they are part of the Mormon faith, um, and they were going pretty regularly, but never once could I find, like, it talk about a very common feeling of cancer survivors is like. A pride thing, like yeah. obviously, like they're grateful that they've overcome, you know, that mm-hmm. they're in, it's remission or whatever it is, but never like pride and like this is what I was put on this earth. Like, and
2: Be. it kind of makes it like it's a part of her identity now too. Like she is a cancer survivor, and like, that's it. Yeah.
1: Um. So it's, it, it's yeah.
2: And I think it's also important to point out like how uncomfortable like this reminiscing about her mom's cancer makes her children, mm-hmm. like. She says, I don't think any of us wants to be revisiting memories of our bold, sad, then dying mom. But none of us express this because, again, you kind of see through the mom's relationship with Mark, her husband, and Jen's father, um, mm-hmm. what it looks like when someone doesn't go along with what the mom wants. Yeah. And she, another
1: thing is, like, in that video, um, they're watching it and she comments on what a stinker um, Jeanette is. Um, but the way that she says it she said it has such a venomous bite to it like mm-hmm. she couldn't believe that she was singing jingle bells at the top of her lungs Jeanette was when the mood was so clearly sad and she's mm-hmm. like she could not fathom that she couldn't understand that and she was two years old yeah um that
2: but to her mom age is no excuse
1: no yeah um and it starts to you start to see um the Family dynamic is or the dynamic, especially between Jeanette and her mom, creep into like severe enmeshment. Mm-hmm. Um, like she says that um the fragility of mom's life is the center of mine. Yeah. Um and so she uses her wish, like I said, that she wishes that her mom would stay alive another year. And common um qualities of enmeshment is like lack of boundaries. Um, children are not being encouraged to become emotionally independent. There's a lack of privacy, expecting to overshare, treating your child like your best friend, and especially emotionally mono- monopolizing on your child's time. Right. And she checks every box. Right. Every single box. Mm-hmm. It's just like so sad that it's like you know I, I don't want to say textbook enmeshment, but that's I mean really what it is. That's what it is. Um.
2: And, I mean, throughout all these stories about your childhood, you really do see this, like, kind of theme of both enmeshment and also appeasement of her mm-hmm. mother just popping up again and again, you know, and also this kind of early introduction to acting in a way. Yeah. Um, but it's just due for her mom, you know, she's in the next chapter, she's talking about how her mom is pinning butterflies into her, like, butterfly clips into her hair very early 2000s. Early yeah, 90s. very, yeah. Um, and, like, she hates his hairstyle. It's painful. She'd rather, like, just wear a baseball cap. But her mom loves the style and it makes her look pretty. So, butterfly clips it is.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And she says, Okay, Mommy, I say, swinging my legs back and forth while I sit on the closed toilet seat. The leg swing is a nice touch. Selling it. And you kind of see, like, how this has kind of affected Jeanette. And also, how this kind of serves as a sort of a lead up into her acting career, in a way. Yeah. Like she's, it's sad that she's so
1: good at performing, Mm -hmm. not in front of a camera, but in front of her mom because she's doing everything that she can to make sure her mom's happy.
2: Yep. And then her dad calls and she says, hello, she says into the phone as she answers it. "Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What? 9 p.m.? That's the earliest? Whatever. Guess the kids will have to get through another night without their dad. That's on you, Mark. That's on you. She slams the phone down. That was your father. I figured. That man, Nat, I tell you, sometimes I just... She takes a deep, anxious breath. Sometimes she just what? And, like, you might, Jeanette is a child. Like, a very young child during all this. Yeah, she's, like, what, six? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I could have married a doctor, a lawyer, or an Indian chief. I finished her since I know this catchphrase of her so well. So, yeah. um, It just... It goes to show that, like, the mom with the investment as well is like kind of the adultification of her daughter so that she can serve this emotional need that the mom is seeking yeah because i mean you kind of figure this out too the mom doesn't actually have any true friends her own age
1: and if she does have friends it's the kind of friends where like you want to be around them but you hate everything around about them like you're jealous of them like Mm -hmm. it's it's not a
2: healthy friendship it's less of a friendship and more like just showing off. Yeah, like like like, like showing face or whatever. Exactly.
1: Um, and then it goes immediately into um, mom being like, "Yeah, I should have. You know, I was I was destined for the good life, for fame and fortune. You know how much I wanted to be an actress." And Jeanette finishes, but Grandma and Grandpa wouldn't let you. And she goes, "But Grandma and Grandpa wouldn't let me. That's right." And so she starts to talk to. Or she's talking to Jeanette and she's like, I want to give you a life I never had, Net. I want to give you a life I deserved. The, pa- the life my parents wouldn't let me have. Um, and she's saying like, you know, I want you to be a little actress. and she's. But then she goes, you know, an hour and a half away. Granted, freeways are involved. I'd have to learn how to drive freeways. But it's a sacrifice mm. I'm willing to make for you now. Yeah. Because I'm not like my parents. I want what's best for you. Always. You know that. And so she's like, so what do you say? You want to be mommy's little actress? And Jeanette thinks there's only one right answer.
2: I mean, yeah, because to the mom, there is only one right answer. Yeah. And she's obviously trying to live.
1: It's like baseball dad, mm-hmm. you know, trying to live vicariously through yeah. their daughter or through their child um, and still holding a grudge for her parents. Yeah. 30 plus years ago. Oh it's like, I get it. Um, you know, sucks. Right. Mm-hmm. Move on.
2: I wanted to do karate when I was a kid, and I never got to. To be fair, though, I was also an only child and, like, had heard all about, like, how only children are spoiled, and I was like, I don't want to be one of those, so, like, I would never ask for things I actually wanted because I didn't want to, like, live up to the stereotype. So I never really, like, brought it up, but, like, Muvan was my favorite movie, and I feel like they should have picked on one, honestly. Yeah, they but- should have done better,
1: <laughs> but anyways.
2: But, like, I'm not bitter about it. Like, it's fine.
1: I wanted to go to heroines one time with my friend and my dad wouldn't let me because he was like i don't know their parents well enough and i was really upset but like they're looking out for me exactly yeah like they had my best interests at heart not their like i mean they yeah. obviously they had some of their interests but they truly had my best interest at heart they like yes. we don't really know these people mm-hmm. want to keep you safe this is like it's all about me i right. want you to be me yes i want to live through you right and that's very dangerous so then she's you know got signed up for, for acting acting auditions and she's doing um her mom tells her like how to how to act and the guy's like it's
2: like if you've seen dance moms you yes. know how like yeah. they're dancing
1: in the audience and yeah they're, like, exactly
2: they're dancing in the it. audience Do watch they like they'll mimic the face that they want their kid to make like while they're dancing and be like you can't see me but i'm like doing like a fish face and like a super smile you know and yeah. like yeah all that and like it's just it gives the same vibe of and the like, guy the guy's like okay this is
1: all bad and she's like the hand gestures are exactly what mom told me to do and if i get to the waiting room and i told her that i didn't do the hand gesture she'll be disappointed but if i get to the waiting room and i tell her that i don't have an agent she'll be even more important and disappointed and she's like she has such like you said this appeasing right. thing about her because not only is it just her mom but she's like you know i disappointed him meaning the mm-hmm. you know talent guy and she's like i feel awful Um, Yeah. But it's just the way that she's on such high alert all the Mm -hmm. time. Like later it says, like, I know this is only because she doesn't know that there's a higher tier that I might have been chosen for. I worry about her finding out. Like her mom didn't know. Like her mom was excited because she got signed up for something. But then the thought that like there is a higher tier Mm -hmm. and that makes you scared because your mom, you're worried about what she's going to say. Is like, I'm like, that's just got to be so training to be on such high alert all yes. the time
2: and like i didn't highlight or i didn't um tap this in my copy of the book and i wish i had but i also want to mention uh, i feel like it fits in here that all of this focus on acting that the mom is doing for her it is in direct contradiction to jeanette's own interests yeah so oh, there's down. down it's where? you're right there am i mm-hmm oh i was right there you were right there um where you know she was like i dog-eared it i I didn't hate that for me um but she'd written this script right and you know she uh wants to show her mom like this like you know little script she'd written like this little screenplay it was like her first kind of writing job that she'd done and oh that's a lot later yeah.
1: I thought you are talking about right here when she's, like, oh, she, like, her mom's, like, oh, she wants this more than anything. Right. And the mo- and Jeanette's, like, that's not true. Mom wants this more than anything. Not me. I hate doing this.
2: Right. But, like, Jeanette writes this screenplay. screenplay. And her mom, like, looks at it and is, like, do you want to write more than you want to act? Because, you know, actors, and then she likes to say that, like, actors are, f- or, uh, writers are fat. Or, like, get, Yeah, like, you
1: don't want to get a watermelon butt. You yeah. want to keep, keep your cute little butt
2: exactly which is like so weird to say and then she's also like and you don't want to do this more than you want to do acting right. right um and then she's like uh yeah sure and i like good because this was like also derivative of the parent trap so um yeah she was like yeah
1: also this is like the exact same as a Parent trap so like it's bad anyways yeah exactly and
2: it's so sad because,
1: like, she hadn't seen her mom in a while, and she... Her mom had been in the hospital, mm-hmm. and, you know, she wanted to come and, like, visit her and, like... Sorry, I'm skipping around. No, you're You book. wanted to go and, like, visit her and, like, show her the screenplay, mm-hmm. and her mom was, like... Immediately, she was, like, oh. Like, this...
2: This isn't what I want you to do. Yeah. Therefore, I'm not going to encourage it. Yeah. So, it's... It's, like, you have a child, not a cat. Like, you can
1: <laughs> Yeah. And... It's just, like, constantly throughout her childhood with, like, the early acting prior to um, Mm iCarly, you know, when her mom is getting what she wants, like, what the mom wants, is when she's at her happiest. And she acknowledges how carefree she was and wishes like she was like that more often because, you know, she said that she got a, she was, like, in a production and there was a Mm close-up and her mom was like, you're going to be, their kids are, Academy kids are going to beg you to be a principal actor. Um, and she said, she Jet says she seems so carefree in this moment. I try to soak her, try to soak in her expression as deeply as I can. I wish she was like this more often. She's yep. like, you're going to be a star, Nettie. I just know it. You're going to be a star. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's not, she doesn't want to be a star. Right. You every time. there have been multiple times when she has mentioned, like, I don't want Watch to be act. Best. Mom turns on the waterworks. Exactly. She's just like, what do you mean? I like, know this, I had this, to tap her. This is somewhere. your dream. Like, what do you mean? And she's like i'm just kidding mommy sorry and it's like but you're not but you're not kidding you don't want this and another part that shows just how like dysfunctional the family is Mm -hmm. is um chapter five they're talking she's getting ready to leave for church and she's like but more than anything i love the escape church is a beautiful peaceful three-hour weekly reprieve from the place i hate most home and she's talking about how like gross the houses and like Mm -hmm. grandma and grandpa um you know she's always worrying about everybody um but she said like our home hasn't always been like this i've seen pictures before i was born where it looked pretty normal my brothers say it began when mom got sick that's when she started not being able to let things go that mean that would mean it started when i was two and so she would have Ziploc bags of empty shampoo bottles and broken mug pieces because we see later that she got angry and she shattered a mug Mm -hmm. in her anger and when she did that she really went and got a Ziploc bag and put the bag or put the mug pieces in it and that's just another you know another memory yeah and so she's like unable to let things go and like in the garage there's a rat and possum problem and the garage doors broken. Yes. So and,
2: like what her oldest brother has to like hold up the door of the garage because it won't stay open while like Jeanette like darts into the garage. Opens to get, the
1: freezer, grabs a bunch of
2: things, as much as she grabs can, whatever and she then needs runs and, like, back out. Yeah. And insane. She's like the house is an
1: embarrassment and she like hates being inside. Because also, she's homeschooled. Not without like oh not gosh, only yes. is she stuck with her mom, mm-hmm.
2: all this stuff, she's also so really the only reprieve she gets is during church, this three hour long service. And like the only reprieve that she gets that mm-hmm.
1: is actual reprieve. Because yeah. yeah, she gets to leave and go to like acting classes but or she dance like or
2: something, but she hates it. And also her mom is always there.
1: And her mom is always there.
2: And like, even though at this point, you know, she obviously like loves her mother, likes being around her at the same time, like being around her is work. Like, it is hyper-vigilance. It is always having to appease, to be thinking about what her mom wants, what will make her mom happy, what will make her unhappy. Um, so, like, in the scene where they're about to go to church, you can see not just, like, running around the house trying to get everyone out of the door on time. Like, making
1: cereal for her brothers mm-hmm. and then banging on the door to get grandma to get out of the bathroom and then, you know, making sure grandpa gets up and then, you know, there's milk. So, she said, like, constantly mm-hmm. there is milk spilt on the carpet. From, and, like,
2: her brother's cereal bowl.
1: Yes. And mm-hmm. if she hasn't put on her church shoes, because put saving to put them on for the last minute because they make their her bunions throb. So, the second that she so steps... Her,
2: her mom. They, they make her mom's bunions throb, not Janette's. Yeah,
1: they make mo- her mom's <laughs> bunions throb. And so, she knows the second that her mom steps on the milk-soaked carpet. Mm-hmm. She'll go into a rage, and she'll rip off her tights, and then they'll have to start stop at Rite Aid before they go to church. And So, so she can get
2: a new pair of tights, and, that's and if gonna we stop at Rite Aid, they'll cut into my three-hour escape. We cannot stop at Rite Aid. And so
1: she's six, mm-hmm. planning all of this out in her head just to get to church, and is, like, heartbroken because at the end of this chapter, she can't prevent it. Mm-hmm. And they have to stop at Rite Aid, and she's like, maybe we'll take make it in time for church for Popcorn Poppin', which is one of her favorite songs that they
2: sing. Yeah. So, yeah. Another thing about this chapter I do want to point out real fast, too, is this is kind of your first real introduction to the grandma. Mm. Mom's mom. Yeah. And you see a lot of the same characteristics of the mom exhibits mm-hmm. within the grandma as well. So in this one scene, which is kind of like the... the only really little glimpse you get for a second. Um, you know, she's in the bathroom and, like, the grandma's complaining on the phone in the bathroom with, like, a friend of hers and saying, like, Jean left the price tag on the surprise she got for me. She says that whenever she gets something on sale, wants to pretend like she paid full price. It's pretty sneaky of her. Anyway, I went to Mervyn's. I saw swear. They're 70% off. She even spent $15 on me. Grandma, get out. The boys need to get in. I shout as a thing on the bathroom door. Why do you hate me? Grandma yells. <laughs> She always does that when she's on the phone with someone. Tries to make herself look like a victim. And like, yikes! A, B, this is something I could also see her mom doing a hundred percent. her mom also doesn't have friends, so like you know. But mom always makes herself look like a victim. Exactly every
1: single time. I think
2: that's part of the, why she
1: f- is so focused on this cancer story too, because mm-hmm. so she can stay a victim, have the have the attention. Yeah. If she can't get attention from the big screen. You know, she can get attention from other people by, you know, trying to, quote unquote, play up her yeah. ser-
2: her cancer story. Exactly.
1: And then you get into chapter six, you get a <laughs> real <laughs> glimpse of the extent of the abuse and dysfunction and domestic violence in yes. this house. And who? <laughs> and no, it's not perp- it's not perpetrated by the dad. Uh uh-uh. No, nope. it is. It is all Deb, all her mom.
2: Where dad walks in the door after he gets off, like, I think, a second job.
1: Yeah, he <laughs> Cause works, two, works jobs. two jobs. Because the mom does not work at all. Mm-mm. She just takes care of, um, well, quote-unquote, takes care of the kids.
2: Yeah. And um, so I think this also this chapter also really shows, like, the extent to Jeanette's hypervigilance mm-hmm. and how she's learned to do that, where, um, you know, her dad locks eyes with something behind Jeanette. She turns and she sees her mom behind her and she says... I can tell immediately by her body language and facial expression, upright posture, lifted chin, gritted teeth, widened eyes that she's upset. She's not angry. She's livid. She's about to blow. Oh no, there's gotta be something I can do. So there's also like responsibility that she feels as well to like be a peacekeeper, to make yeah. sure that like things stay calm or at least as calm as they can be in this household. Mm-hmm. And like, she also spoiler, isn't able to prevent it. Um, mark she says smacking her lips to really emphasize the anger it's now or never time for me to jump in love you mommy i shout i run toward her i hug her i've got this i can keep her calm but before i can think of what to do or what to say next mark eugene mccurdy mom says her voice rising oh no once a eugene comes out we're almost to the blow up i had to stay late because i was helping a customer i couldn't get away that's tries explaining he sounds scared three Hours late, Mark. I look over at Dustin and Skye for help. They're playing GoldenEye 007 for Nintendo 64. Great game, by the way. Never played it. It's incredible. If there's ever a time when they're unreachable, it's when they're playing GoldenEye 007 for Nintendo 64. You can also see like one for humor here mm-hmm. as well. Um, grandma and Grandpa are at work. I'm in this alone. Mommy, why don't we watch Jay Leno? You want to watch Jay Leno? Headlines are on tonight. Quiet, Net, And I'm out. She has spoken. I am silenced. I thought for sure Jay would work, Grand or Conan. But watching Jay is a family affair in our household. I watch mom closely. Her chest starts heaving. The intensity is growing. Her ears get red. She lunges at Dad. Dad takes a few steps back, causing mom to trip onto her knees. She starts screaming, "Abuse! Abuse!" Dad grabs her by the wrist to try to calm her down. Which again is showing you that she is trying to make a victim anywhere mm-hmm. that she can. Yep. Mom spits in his face. Somebody wins around 007. A celebratory fist bump flies through the air. Deb, I'm a couple hours late. This is not a big deal. Tries yelling through her screams. Don't undermine me. Don't undermine me. Mom frees her wrists and starts slapping him. Goo mom, you've got this. I cheer her on like I always do as soon as I get past the fear. That part is the part that
1: breaks me the most. Yeah. Like she is so afraid but then once she gets past that fear she's cheering her mom on mm-hmm. to attack her dad yeah because she has built up such this like close and meshed bond with right. her mom that she's like i want to be on her side mm-hmm. anytime you know dad's trying to say you're being unreasonable, that mm-hmm. you need help, and she's like,
2: I don't need help. I You need help. And-, and because she doesn't really have, like, a relationship with her dad either, because dad works two jobs and is also, I mean, you see this more later, but, like, fairly emotionally unavailable. Yeah. Um, they don't have much of a bond at all. So... Yeah. And, like, I think it also speaks to, like, how normalized this is in the household. I cheer her on like I always do as soon as I get past the fear. This isn't a one-time thing. This is a thing that happens often. And her brothers are in the background just just playing playing a game. They're like, this is a regular Saturday night or whatever it is. GoldenEye 007, for instance, at 64. And then Mom goes into the kitchen and brings out a
1: kitchen, a big kitchen knife. And is screaming at Mark to get out of the house. And, you know... She yeah. says that mom... Mom always says that she hasn't. he doesn't help the family enough. Mm-hmm. He's always late from work. He's probably cheating. He's not interested in his children. He's an absent father, etc. Which is ironic because you want to know who's the one that is cheating. Ooh. It's yep. Deb. Mm-hmm. You find out later yeah. that three having... out of the four kids are including not... Including
2: Jeanette. Including Jeanette are not Marks. Yeah. And I mean, I want to add to um, that line that you're just quoting. The one right after it says... The fact that he's gotten by this long without being kicked out is a miracle. He should just be grateful.
1: Like, that's what Jeanette is thinking. Yes, yeah. He should just be grateful. Like, come on, you haven't been kicked out yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's trying to, you know, talk her down, saying, put the knife away. This is unsafe. This is a danger to your children. Mm -hmm. And she said, it is not. I would never hurt my babies. I would never hurt my babies. How dare you accuse me of that? And... Tears he, are streaming
2: down her cheeks.
1: Yeah. She's, her eyes are wide
2: at, and shaking and
1: terrifying. Real good at uh, turning it on. And she screams at him to get out. And he's like, okay.
2: And what I'll gets get me too is um, right before she goes in, she, when she goes into the kitchen, right right before she brings out the knife, mm-hmm. um, Jeanette says, dad starts taking off his shoes, thinking dumbly that maybe it's over. May mom's mood has shifted and she's back to normal. How can he not know? How can he never know? One, two, three, I count in my mind less than ten seconds before she comes back. Four, five, six, seven, she's back and carrying a kitchen knife. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's just that's the I feel like that also speaks to like the hypervigilance yeah, that's and like also the frequency of this occurrence. As she she knows the pattern by now. She has yeah. it down to the second. Yeah. So that's Jeanette's childhood. <laughs> Very sad. Very sad. God.
1: Okay, so, you know, after that, um, Mm -hmm. the childhood, you know, she's starting to book a lot more
2: acting jobs. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are fairly low level, um, just because I guess that's how acting works. I don't know. I'm not an actor. I'm not an actress, and I don't want to be. But um, she's starting to book more roles. A lot of them are non-speaking, or if they are speaking, have very few speaking lines. Uh, They're just really, like, showing emotion. Yeah. um, Which... As I've learned to this point, Jeanette's very good at doing. She's very good at doing. Um, Not necessarily like because she wants to be good at that, but because it's a survival skill for her.
1: Yeah, and she was miserable, and her mom was like, you don't look happy to be here. Try and look happy to be here. And then later, you know, she comes back out because she went to the bathroom. She comes back out and the director, director is like, where's that sad-looking kid, the one I pointed out earlier? Let's use her. Mm-hmm. And she, she was able to be in a key shot because she looked so not happy to be there Yeah, um, which is like so ironic and yeah, also her mom like, was like, in the yeah, most tragic way yeah her mom was like be happy look you need to be happy to be here and then you know it
2: worked and out maybe? we have to talk to you about like when Jeanette goes on her bathroom break <sighs> if she'd mind. been holding in
1: her poop for an hour and couldn't hold it anymore understandable
2: and keep in mind, Jeanette's like what seven at this point? Seven? Yeah, eight? six or seven or six, seven, eight, somewhere on there. Yeah. Um. Sorry, I say while I poop, and Mom was a paper <laughs> towel of water. That was a weird. <laughs> that was a weird place to pause. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, I say while I poop. <laughs> well, I was just making sure like it didn't start earlier or like that or there, were, yeah, so there wasn't a um. It was funny. Yeah. And mom wets the paper towel with water. I'm embarrassed she still insists on wiping my butt. I tried to tell her recently, now that I'm eight, oh, I think I can handle it. Good job. But she looked like she was going to cry and said she needs to do it until I'm at least ten. Because she doesn't want skid marks on my Pocahontas underwear. I'm worried if I did it, there would I, I knew that if I did it, there would be skid marks. But it's mom's tears I'm more worried about. Which just... I, uh, oh, come on. To be fair,
1: skid marks are a part of life. <laughs> and also normalized skin marks nor- is that your stance <laughs> that is my stance i okay. say normalized skin marks but she's eight she's eight like skin marks are a part of growing up they are you learn are how learning. to wipe better yeah. you can't learn if you don't if you don't mess up
2: sometimes also i mean until she's at least 10 that's so and like wrong. i think the reason too that mom is able to like get away with doing this shit. Not literally. <laughs> <laughs> Normally
1: I'm quick on it, but I was not. I was not quick on it this time. Yeah. Thank
2: you for pointing it out. Uh, no worries. No worries. Um, but like, I think the reason mom's able to get away with this is because Jeanette is homeschooled. She I was always around her mom. I was like, if she was at school. Yeah. If she was she, in fifth grade, or I mean, if she was 10, she'd be in fifth grade. But like yeah. in third grade, her mom would not be coming into the school to wipe her ass for her. But to be
1: fair. uh Mom finds a way to milk her cancer story every time. And here's the thing. My aunt, personally, like my aunt died from breast cancer. So I'm not saying that like, I'm not saying that cancer is not serious, that you can't use, like you can't, you know, you don't, you don't deserve sympathy because of it. But this woman does not use it for sympathy. Mm. She uses it for personal gain. Exactly. She's like, you know, there are acting classes. None of the parents are allowed to be in there. And she's like, well, I'm a cancer survivor. And I just, I can't. They're like, okay, well, she's like, I can't be out in the sun. And they're like, okay, we'll go to a coffee shop. She's like, I'm poor. I don't have the money. And so she's able to use her story to allow them, or to have them allow her to stay for these acting classes. I'm
2: poor. I don't have the money. That's why I'm enrolling my kids in the, or my kid in these classes in this career that she obviously does not want to be doing. That costs money. I mean, that too. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, she... I
1: don't know. Yeah. She, but, like, yeah, like, if, <laughs> she was at, if she was at school, she wouldn't have to deal with this. But she's, she's not. Mm-hmm. And so then they were saying, you know, about her being in, you know, a key shot. And they're like, but... um well the little girl that we hired wouldn't take direction she just kept smiling no matter how many times we told her to look sad but not your daughter she has a great sad face he laughs (gasps) she does she does have a great sad face mom says nodding and beaming and seeming to forget that half an hour that sad face was the very thing she was trying to get rid of Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah like you
2: Yeah. uh, yeah just let your kid have their emotions please i mean my god It worked Mm -hmm. out in the end, like that she was allowed to have,
1: like you know, that she was able to look sad. Kind of worked out, out. yeah. And then you know, she's trying to get um, her other son, Marcus, into acting as well, and Mm -hmm. they go to this audition, and he his goes by really well, and Jeanette's was kind of stiff. They they didn't like her as much, and you know, when they left. She was, like, on the drive home. I could tell mom's disappointed. She seems proud and excited about Marcus, but I know how to read her. And I could tell she's forcing it. That pride and excitement in Marcus is overshadowed by, shadowed by her disappointment in me. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, I can't imagine feeling like everything you do is highly scrutinized and that nothing you do is good enough. Yeah. Because every single time she books something new, her mom has her eyes
2: set on the next thing. Right. And then... um you know when they're still kind of waiting to hear back from barbara cameron who's the person they auditioned for the agent they auditioned for mm-hmm. um you know they're like doing in the kitchen or they're stirring the ramen they're gonna have for dinner and um mom turns to me "Nat, say a quick prayer for barbara to accept you and fold your arms for the both of us and say you mind to stir i take on proper mormon prayer form we both shut our eyes um and like this also just kind of it gets more to this layer but like it speaks to this idea of like the mom kind of utilizing faith for like her own personal gain yeah, and like seeing god as like a way of and like i'm not religious like i can't really speak to this as much but like it did kind of like strike me as weird but like the mom was like whenever we pray or like a church it's because we want something out of it
1: no that's literally what she says yeah and she you know mom is like we're not allowed to have coffee but it's decaf like god will understand this one and it's like she like and you can you know if you want to go full into the faith like that's fine if you don't whatever but with this it's like you're only furthering that belief that well no the mom doesn't say that Jeanette asks her mom and she's like do we only go to church to get something that we want and her mom's like um her mom doesn't really know how to answer that but like But she picks up on it through her actions. That's what she's shown, and so yeah, that's what
2: she's communicating, whether she like is intending to or not. And then Barbara Cameron does accept them, um, and her mom's reaction is, "Great, you won't regret this." Mom says as she hangs up the film. She looks at me for a long time. As pure joy fills her eyes, what I ask. Barbara Cameron accepted you. She wants you to take a weekly acting class to get more comfortable with yourself. Something like that. But she accepted you. Mom shakes her head in awe and pride. She a sigh of relief, then pulls me into a hug. You're a principal actor now, sweetheart. No more background for my baby. And it's still like reinforcing like the my baby doesn't have background rules. My baby is a principal actor because she's my baby. Because I'm forcing her to do this. Mm-hmm. And then immediately,
1: you know, she talked about how much she
2: hates acting class. Yeah, like the next line is, I hate
1: acting class. It's not, it doesn't come natural to her. Nope. You know, she's not able to loosen up. Um, she's like, I don't look forward to this class the same way I look forward to being, look forward to church because I find acting even more uncomfortable than being stuck at home right and she's like i don't like to be observed i like to do the observing Mm -hmm. and she said that in the first you know this is where it says like she says in the first class like no parents are allowed for the scene work but mom insisted by you know using her
2: and one thing I really stage
1: four mystastic ductal carcinoma
2: and the fact that the kid actually like knew that at the time she like knew the exact terminology for the type of cancer her mom had Mm -hmm. um but what gets me to i i think this is just throughout the book but i find really interesting is jeanne uses present tense throughout this entire book but she's also kind of using some exposition i guess she has gained since being an adult and attending therapy and getting a a more holistic and I guess realistic outlook on what she endured as a child yeah. where she you know is talking about this like you know the I don't like being observed I like doing the observing and like kind of those sorts of observations feel more like something that she is adding as such um she's be- able to put words to as an adult that she may not have been able to do as a child which yeah. I also find really interesting to add to the story as well
1: Um, There was a YouTube video that I watched about this woman who experienced severe, like, satanic ritual-esque child abuse by her parents. And she was talking about how um, when she went to therapy, she was able to have all of these memories come back to her. That her brain had completely blocked out Mm -hmm. uh, because of how horrific it was. And so it could be, like, you know, maybe it was things that... Through therapy, she was able to kind of remember. um, Jeanette was able to remember,
2: like, what she went through. Yeah. Um, I will say that be cautious of repressed memories because there was also a thing during the Satanic Panic in the 80s where um, some therapists were, like, kind of imprinting or imparting memories on children that didn't actually occur. Yeah. But they were kind of leading them along with it. So, but yeah, I I know what you're saying. Oh, I don't know about that. But I mean, like, yeah. Well, she said that she is
1: someone who um people constantly tell her that her memories are fake um that they're not real that lady that i was mentioning Mm -hmm. yeah
2: and i'm not making any sort of claim about her yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah but like people were like no those are all fake like you didn't go through that and she's like you don't know what i went through um okay like yeah you don't know what i went through and so but that's what made me think of like maybe you know through Jeanette getting therapy maybe it's a way for her to kind of not necessarily like gain new memories but just to kind of like you said gain understanding and maybe you know put put words to the feelings that she was and also kind of
2: context as well yeah yeah because like when you're a kid you just kind of like accept things as like the way that they are and you see that like in kind of her matter of fact explanation of what you know a sunday morning in her household looked like yeah whereas you know or like like, you know what domestic violence looked like in her house whenever her dad came home it's not until about like what age
1: eight or 12 that you really start to develop abstract thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like at the very beginning, like, that's why they say, which I fun fact, I've been told that it's really, um, it's a really good idea to introduce like sex education to children prior to age eight, mm-hmm. because once they hit eight, that's when they kind of develop that abstract thought and becoming embarrassed by yeah. those
2: kind of things. Well, I was actually, this is funny that you bring that up, because I was just talking to my mom on the phone today, because I adopted a cat, and uh, my mom's a grandma now. So, (laughs) I was calling her, and, like, informing her about the baby. Um, and my mom, like, brought up this, like, just off, off tangent, but, like, um story about like how when i was little like three or four or so she taught me like the correct anatomical terms for like a penis and vagina yeah um i remember or she remembers i don't remember it all but she remembers we were like in the bathroom of my preschool and like she was there and like another mom was there and like the girl was this other girl was talking about like how you know she she was like and the boys private parts are called like a doo-doo and I was just like, actually, they're called a penis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just very matter of fact. Actually, yeah. you're wrong. And
2: you're the mom turns to my mom and is like, "You, I can't believe you taught her like the correct term." My mom was like, "A doo doo, really?" <laughs> That's poop, actually. First of all, but we were talking about that, and I was like, and also, you know, it. If God forbid, like, your child ever does experience you know sexual abuse like it's important that they have the correct terminology to yeah, describe because... what happened because if you just say like oh my uncle randy made me touch his doo-doo oh, like here's cause the cuts grow <laughs> oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking of a name It's that, okay my uncle bobby there we go that better yeah well that's what they say like when
1: you know they're like don't call like you know a vagina your cookie because if you're like oh my cookie burns and it's like you burnt oh, like you burned cookies last night. Yeah, and like exactly. if a kid comes up to the teacher and they don't and they're like, No, like my cookie and it's like I don't know what that means. Right, exactly. So it's yeah, that's why it's very important to teach um, Yeah, your
2: kids correct and Because we psychology. see later that
1: she is like It's a byproduct just
2: like everything else too.
1: It is. But she is so confused mm-hmm. about like what she's experiencing um later, like Ugh. with yeah. boys and like mm-hmm. you know. Honestly, getting turned on and she's like, I, ew, like, this is gross. I need to go take a shower. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you just weren't taught anything. Exactly. So anyways, back to, you know, back to (laughs) childhood childhood acting. Um, Mom, you know, you get to see again where she doesn't really have, mom doesn't have have any friends. Mm -hmm. She says like, um, Karen's is one of her quote unquote best friend or it was her best friend and from high school. Um, and she has a mom relationship with her is complicated. One minute she'll say, Karen is the this amazing person, so wonderful and so sweet. And then the next she'll say that Karen is actually kind of a B-I-T-C-H. And that's what it says in the book. Too. That's how she spells it. Yeah. And then she said, you know, Karen stole my baby name, mm-hmm. um, which I find it kind of funny that the dad yep. ends <laughs> up with Karen, at right the end of this
2: book. And he was at the mom's funeral trying to get Karen's
1: number. Honestly, good for him. (laughs) He endured so much. Good for him. Um, But then at the end of this, she goes, anyways, I don't trust her as far as I can throw her. But she's still a good friend. This logic confuses me. So I just say, "Uh because it's confusing. And mom says, not my best friend, though. Mom continues, you're my best friend. You're mommy's best friend. I beam. I'm so happy to be her best friend, to be the closest person in the whole world to her. This is my purpose. I feel whole. And like, ah, just no, that's no. And also, she just shows such like her temperamentalness of, you know, she's like, the next chapter, maybe if somebody did a, you know, dish for once, she slams the mug, that's why she breaks the handle off and throws the mug pieces into a ziplock bag to preserve the memory, and Jeanette's like, I'll do them, mommy. Care- say I say carefully, not wanting to aggravate her any further. Oh no, not you, sweetie. I don't want you to get prune fingers. That just won't, that won't do you any good. Who's gonna want to cast a little girl with prune fingers? <laughs> and then she says, okay. And then later she asks Mark if she could, she could take Jeanette to dance class, uh, and... Yeah. She said, Jeanette's dance class, can you take her? Sure, he tries too plainly. Try not to be too enthusiastic, Mom says. Sorry. Well, don't apologize for everything. Just hurry. You have to leave in 20 minutes to get her there on time. And I'm like, what do you want? Nothing pleases you, ever. Just, just. You just hate Mark. (laughs) You do, like, and it's probably because she knows. Yeah. And, but yeah, she's talked about how much she, like, he disgusts. Him. Or she just he discussed her, and I'm like, Yeah, Mark discussed the mom, yeah, Deborah. And but then you really see the sadness of um, their like Jeanette and her dad's relationship oh, because he's yeah. so, like you said, so emotionally un- unavailable. Mm-hmm. And you know, he and they don't really have a relationship either. No, like he gave her a birthday card one time and he spelled his spelled her name wrong, which he spelled his own daughter's, daughter's name wrong. wrong and she God. opened the card to see what was inside because that's more important than the you know the envelope anyways and mm-hmm. it says love dad and that's all he wrote yeah and she was like even more sad but she's like it's still the thought that counts right then turns out the mom reminded him to go she do said that. until on the way home i heard mom said did you get her a birthday card like i told you to you should be a nur- you, sh- you should be nurturing a relationship with her like a father does so it was really mom's mm-hmm. thought
2: all along yeah and it's just like i just yeah and like after this you kind of get like a a montage of you know her kind of acting that jeanette does she
1: was in a commercial for dental land she was in a low budget movie called shadow fury she was in a role in an episode of mock in the middle um or her mom yeah if you want? To... yeah she said I thought Frankie Munoz was nice to look at, and I liked when he said hi to me in the hallways. I feel like I was being pretty discreet about it, about my feelings, until Mom snapped at me. Don't even think about it. He's way too old for you, and more important, not Mormon. And I was like, she, she can have a little crush. What's so bad about that? But a Sprint you know, CVS- PCS commercial, which earlier, um when that day of like her dad taking her to dance practice Mm. um she gets mad because they know they had a really fun day. Jeanette was so happy. She was able to build this bond with her dad. Yeah. And she gets home and they missed acting class. Right. Because apparently she had
2: dance class and acting class back to back.
1: Yeah, and she, you know The mom goes, I told you Jeanette had acting class, but she missed it now. They were doing a scene from I Am Sam this week. I Am Sam, Mark. Jeanette would have killed that. Mom kicks in a cupboard door. Her foot gets stuck in the wood. She yanks her foot out. The wood is is fragmented and splintery. I'm sorry, dad says. I guess she doesn't have to act that one since it's her real life. A wise little girl with a R-worded dad, meaning special, needs... I don't like that word. So intellectually I'm not disabled. S- intellectually disabled. Yeah. I'm not going to say it. Um, but it's like, oh my, like, mm-hmm. she, like just verbal abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse. She's just, like, stuck with it all.
2: And then we get to, like, how... Um... She has OCD. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that one real fast. Yeah. she oh, Baby girl has OCD. Baby girl has OCD. and She thinks that it's the Holy Spirit communicating with her as well because she was told that, like... Now that she's older, the Holy Spirit will start communicating with her. She hadn't heard it yet, but now... here Or the Holy Ghost, I'm sorry. And it's so sad because she says, Is there something I've
1: done wrong that has made me not to serve him? Is it my impure thoughts about Frankie Muniz? Girl, you thought he was cute. (laughs) I'm not impure. That's not... You're eight. If you had impure thoughts, I'd be, like, worried. But, like... She? Yeah. Okay. Well, in the last one, she said... Yeah. Oh well, no, at the top it says, I've been mean, waiting for him to speak to me since my 8th birthday. So, that's I don't know, true. probably 8-ish. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. Um.
1: And then, you know, she, but yeah, she thinks it's the Holy Ghost talking to her. And, um...
2: Yeah, and the Holy that Ghost... Makes me, that makes
1: that's... me wonder if the mom may... Could have had, like, OCD or, like, know something. Because when she goes, the Holy Ghost talked to me. um, And she goes, Mom says, uh-huh. She'll talk to me. I tell her again. She must not have heard me, or she's, or she'd be just as excited as I am. I unlock and relock the bathroom door five times while she watches. Why are you doing? Why are you looking at me like that? I ask her. She pauses and looks a little sad. Nothing. We head back into the waiting room and I re-sign in again.
2: Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you. That's like, yeah. What? what? And then we kind of get into like her mom
1: doing like at-home
2: makeover stuff, but like and trying to make her really
1: handsome i mean really beautiful
2: mom calls it natural beauty but i have she says my eyelashes are long but so light that looks like i don't have any She says my hair has golden highlights but only for the bottom and that it's important that i have some golden highlights for my face too to frame it she says my hair is very thick which is good but that has a mind of its own which is bad and that needs to be tamed she says i have a good smile but my teeth aren't quite white enough each good thing Mom says about my natural beauty is followed by by its own downside, which serves as justification for its need to be enhanced by little gold-fashioned store-bought beauty. And since it seems like everything, every single naturally beautiful thing about me, comes down with a downside that needs to be enhanced by store-bought beauty, I begin to wonder if I'm really naturally beautiful at all. Or if Mom's use of the term "natural beauty" naturally beautiful gives them the same place where others would just use the word
1: "ugly." Yeah. Which. And then you know you see yeah. this and. You know, acting had only made her mom's obsession with her appearance worse, especially mm-hmm. when she couldn't get the audition for the lead role in the film because of Winn-Dixie, which I love that movie. And so she works so hard about making her look more like look prettier. But then she takes her to an audition for a Grey's Anatomy episode where she's supposed to be a like 11 year old hermaphrodite. Mm hmm. And, Someone who's in
2: our sex has both male and female parts. Yeah.
1: And she was like, Well, can the guy was, you know, the um, talent person was like, You know, can you put her in something a little bit more androgynous? Because she is wearing a fuzzy pink shirt with a Rhinestone heart in the middle of it, Oof. black faux leather skorts, and a black go go boots. And it's like, you know, she's, she now she's too pretty. They get a call back and say that she's too pretty to be, um, a a 10-year-old androgynous hermaphrodite is what she says and so it's like nothing is ever good enough like her mom like focuses so much on the physicality of it of like oh well now she's really pretty but then takes her to a audition where that's not the look that they're going for then Mm -hmm. is disappointed um and then um her grandpa mentions like hey i think she may have ocd Mm -hmm. um her mom's like nah
2: Oh, please.
1: She's fine. She's not fine. She's not fine.
2: And then you kind of get to see how not fine she is when she goes on this audition and she's playing a girl who, um, you know, is has some sort of mental illness that results in, like, Iraq and violent behavior. Mm-hmm. And um, she says, your mom's like, wow, where'd you learn to do that? And she's like, I don't know. I say, even though I do, I know exactly where I learned to act like that. I know better than to tell mom that I got my character inspiration from erratic and violent behavior that would only invoke more erratic and violent behavior. I want her calm. I want her steady. I want her happy. And she says like there's a
1: part of her that feels almost good doing it. Like Mm -hmm. she's been wanting to come out for it's been wanting to come out for a long time like it's been she's been stuffing it down shoving it down finally here it is this is how she really feels she feels like screaming. Yep. And I don't doubt
2: it. I mean, and she's... she gets so much praise because that's true. Like, she walks out the hallway and, like, all the adult actors in the are hallway... Are clapping for her. Because like, they everybody heard her land, through the walls. Like, and an airplane like, landed oh and all these
1: people are clapping for her. They're, they're like, like, oh my God. How I'm did like, you learn wow. to do that? And then her mom is forcing her to go to an audition when she has a hundred and three <laughs> fever and a cold so bad that mm-hmm. it looks like... She, or it sounds like she's pinching her nose. And she's like, I just feel awful but the role was a homeless was like for a homeless kid and so mm-hmm. you know she's i guess she is a great homeless kid so she got um you know she got the job it's her mom's like oh my god my baby got the job and then she develops um the ability to cry on cue yep and her mom is milking that for everything that it's worth
2: Cause that's like a big Hollywood skill for child actors. on I feel like on for Q. all actors, but especially for child actors, like to cry on cue. That definitely, is and a like she skill. does it by like emotionally traumatizing herself by imagining her brothers
1: dying. Yeah, um, by her parent—I mean, her grandparents—you know, dying. Her mo- She's like, but her mom dying of cancer—that's where she draws the line. She can't think about that.
2: Yeah. That's a responsibility I don't take lightly and one I would never want to undermine for the sake of a teary monologue. So again, it's her responsibility to keep her mom safe and healthy and happy.
1: Uh, and then she kind of bombed a um, audition and mm-hmm. she tells her mom that I don't want to act anymore. She says before she even realizes she said it. Mom looks at me in the rearview mirror. A mixture of shock and disappointment fills her eye. I re- eyes. I, agree- I immediately regret saying anything. Don't be silly. You love acting. It's your favorite thing in the world mom says in a way that makes it sound like a threat (laughs) which okay (laughs) Mm -hmm. the part of me that wants to please her thinks maybe she's right maybe this is my favorite thing and i just don't know it i just don't realize it but the part of me that doesn't want to cry on cue that doesn't want to act that doesn't care about pleasing mom and just wants to please me that part of me screams at me to speak up my face gets hot compelling me to say something no i really don't want to i don't like it it makes me uncomfortable mom's face looks like she just ate a lemon It contorts in a way that terrifies me. You can't quit. It was our chance. This was our chance. She's hysterical. Her hysteria frightens me and demands to be taken care of. Never mind. I say loudly so mom can hear it through her sobs. Her crying stops immediately. Which, oh my god. Except for one leftover sniffle. But as soon as that sniffle was over, it was complete silence. I'm not the only one who can cry on cue. Yeah. The emotional manipulation is out of this
2: world. Yeah. I, I... (sighs) like... I guess we know where she inherited the skill to crown, on here. Mm-hmm. And she even acknowledges like
1: later what we talked about, about performing like, at mm-hmm. home. She says, so I start singing along, um, and I throw on my best fake smile to go with it. Maybe I I wasn't able to bring the tears for Without a Trace, but I was able to bring the smile for my for mom on our drive home. Either way, it's performing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, she's she's never able to not
2: yeah, perform. Yeah, to turn it off, to just be herself. And a little girl shouldn't have to worry about her entire family, Grandma, Grandpa says to me one afternoon. You can tell I'm stressed. I'm pacing back and forth on our front lawn for a half an hour while trying to memorize my lines for an upcoming audition for a budget movie called My Dollar's Tears. Could there be a film tile more perfectly suited to my special skill? Which I just. It's just so sad because like, later
1: he try to re- tries to reinforce it. He says, I just, he steps closer to me, I just think you deserve to be a kid. And she said, I can't remember the last time I cried naturally. And she was able to kind of have this sweet moment um, with her grandfather as a way to kind of, you know, I mean, it's like somebody is kind of looking out for her because at this point, nobody is.
2: Well, that's the thing that gets me, I think, too, is like. I feel like there were so many missed opportunities for, like, someone to intervene, you know? For, like, someone to, like, stop this abuse, to, like, say, hey, this is wrong. Like, let me save you. Let me intervene. And, like, no one does, really.
1: Oh, this is your... The next um, chapter was where you were talking about about the screenplay. Henry Road.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, I already talked a little bit earlier, but Jeanette writes a screenplay. Um, It's her first one called Henry Road, and... Um, it's has a similar plot to *The Parent Trap*. She's really excited about, it, though. You know, it's she's eleven. It's a little different. It's two best friends trying to put their single
1: parents together, exactly. versus two twins it's like that didn't know that each other existed, so putting their parents back
2: together. It's a different. It's a different concept, I would it say. It is. But um, yeah. So she's like really excited about. It. You know, she loves writing, and she's so excited to like show her mom, and her mom's like. I hope you don't like
1: writing more than you like acting you're just so good at acting mm-hmm. and she says suddenly i'm embarrassed i gave my mom my screenplay i'm ashamed how could i be so stupid she would never support right. this. and she says of course i don't like writing more than acting i could never
2: and like i think it just kind of highlights the fact that even when Jeanette expresses over and over again you know that she doesn't want acting or like with, in the car with her mom or like when she shows. An, an interest that isn't acting, or wouldn't help her as an actress, her mom immediately shuts that shit down. hmm But, let's get into iCarly
1: now. Mm-hmm.
2: And one more thing I want to mention, too, before I kind of move on, is this scene in which... I mean, it's chapter 25 for one who's reading along, mm-hmm. but um, two things about that I find interesting. The first, fairly small. Um, Dustin once said, Dustin once said under his breath that he thought mom went to this Revlon run walk thing um, more for the free cancer merch than the cause itself, but Dustin is just a troublemaker and also mom's least favorite child, which she even told him directly. Yeah.
1: So, obviously, Dustin doesn't know the first thing about mom or Mm -hmm. her intentions. Yeah. I don't think that's... I don't think those things are correlated. Yeah, and also I don't think being her least favorite and
2: not knowing anything about her is... But also the fact that her mom told her brother that he is her least favorite child. That's so messed up. It it is. Like, that's... But also in the section, you know, Jeanette, um... realizes that her chest is kind of sore and basically she realizes like at first, you know, she feels a lump and she thinks, Oh God, I have breast cancer. Turns out she is just developing like most girls do. Like a child does. Exactly. Um, and she's freaking out. So, um, her mom, she goes to her mom and it's like, what's going on? Um, and her mom's like, Oh sweetie, that's not cancer. Um, she says as she half laughs as she runs her fingers back and forth along my puffy lumped nipple on the right then my smooth flat nipple on the left to compare then what is it you're just getting boobies oh no and the only thing worse than a cancer diagnosis is a growing up diagnosis i am horrified of growing up first i'm small for my age which is a benefit in showbiz because i can book roles for characters younger than me i can work longer hours on set and have to take fewer breaks by law Logistics aside, I'm more cooperative and can take a direction better than those seven-year-old scumbags.
1: <laughs> that sounds like a quote directly from her mom. Like, yeah. I feel like her mom said that exactly.
2: Probably. Um, mom is constantly reminding me how good it is I look so young for my age. You'll book more, baby. You'll book a lot more. If I start to grow up, mom won't love me as much. She often weeps and holds me really tight and says she just wants me to stay small and young. It breaks my heart when she does this. I wish I could stop a time. I wish I could stay a child. I feel guilty that I can't. I feel guilty with every inch I grow. I feel guilty whenever we see one of my aunts or uncles and they comment on how much I'm growing up. I can see mom's eyebrow twitch whenever they say that. I can see how much it pains her. I'm determined to not grow up. I'll do anything to stop it from happening. Well, is there anything I can do to stop the boobies from coming in? I ask mom nervously. Mom breaks into a laugh exhale, the kind where her eyes wrinkle up. I know this expression well, the way I know all of mom's expressions well. I have learned them inside and out so I be- can behave accordingly at all times.
1: And then... Well, then she also says, um, everyone walks around clueless, never knowing which mom they're going to get. But I always mm-hmm. know. I've spent my whole life studying her so that I can always know because I want to do whatever I can in any given moment to keep and make mom happy.
2: Yep. Um... And then her mom at the end of the scene says, well, sweetheart, if you really want to know how to stay small, there's a secret thing you can do. It's called calorie restriction. And so begins her mom aiding Jeanette into having a fucking eating disorder. Having multiple (laughs) eating disorders. This is true. This is true.
1: And she's like, I take two calorie restriction quickly and I'm quite good at it. Um, one of the things says that, she says, like, we're keeping me on a 1,000-calorie diet, which for most people, I think, what is it, like, 1,700,
2: 1,800 is, like, a good... It depends. I hate that I think, this information. Um,
1: I feel like for an adult, it's,
2: like, 1,800. Mm-hmm. It depends on your activity level and, ba- like, basic or base metal. But 1,000 is not good. 1,000 is not enough, especially and for a growing child.
1: Immediately, she says, like... Um, But I have a smart idea that if I only eat half my food, I'll only be receiving half the calories, which means I'll be shrinking twice as fast. And she said she shows proudly. I proudly show my half eaten portions to my mom after every meal
2: and she beans. Well, here's the thing, too. It says earlier above, I'm desperate to impress mom. Mm -hmm. She's a great teacher because she's been calorie restricting for so long, she tells me.
1: Like she's. She's, you know, perfect at it. Like she has been doing this all of her life she said that um once when i was falling asleep as a child i heard my mom and dad talking in the other room they said my brother could eat anything and his metabolism would work it right off but that anything i ate turned to fat Mm -hmm. those words got to me net they really got they really did i've been restricting ever since and um you can kind of see the obsession with it of she says i you know i noticed that most food add a little body weight to me four tenths of a pound or so i know this because i weigh myself five times a day five Mm -hmm. is my lucky number so this amount of daily weigh-in seems appropriate and she also says
2: that her favorite um, foods are sugar-free popsicles applesauce and unsweetened iced tea because these are the foods that don't seem to add weight to me popsicles and applesauce add nothing and iced tea is peed right out these are stress-free foods for me safe foods comfort foods ever said mac and cheese and fried chicken were comfort foods it was out of their mind. These are the real comfort foods. Which I take. And, I take personal offense. Yeah. Because I love mac and cheese. And for those of you who are fortunate enough to be uninitiated, um, safe uninitiated. foods. Is, yeah, safe foods is actually a a, a real terminology in eating disorder um, recovery and behavior where safe foods are ones that don't cause anxiety that people can eat and not feel shame or guilt or panic about Mm -hmm. when they be in them. The opposite of that is called a fear food. Um, A lot of the common ones are like pasta, bread, Bread. butter. Um, I remember when I was kind of in, not really in my recovery yet, I would be so worried whenever someone was like cooking with oils or butter and like they weren't measuring it because I was like, how much did you use? I need to know so I can track it and plan accordingly. And... They don't know because they're just eyeballing it. Because that's how you cook food. You know, I eyeball these things. Yeah. I,
1: this says put half a teaspoon of salt in your cookie recipe. I just put whatever salt I think exactly is because I don't
2: know. I don't because I like there's pointless. joy in cooking and monitoring everything you put in your body takes the joy out of it. Yeah, and it makes it fearful and panic inducing, and the exact opposite of comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was just like really harrowing to read for me because I mean. Yeah. To she says like be in an eating disorder, to have suffered from an eating disorder and to impart that on your child as is a, just as disgusting. A, as a happy thing, as like a
1: as a joyful it's, thing. She says at the end, she says calorie restriction has bought, brought me and my mom me and mom closer than we were already were, which is really saying something because we were already so close. Calorie restriction is wonderful. And to teach your child this. To be like, this is how, you know, we can get better. And you know, they go to the they go to the, the doctor because she has to have a checkup and mm-hmm. um she gets on the scale and it says 61 pounds and she is terrified because she is disappointed and her mom's the scale disappointed. At home
2: said 59
1: and she said we were escorted to room five my lucky number n- not seeming so lucky in this moment and um she um uh, something i find kind of funny is that a few minutes pass and dr tran comes in i'm disappointed it's dr tran instead of dr pelman because mom seems in a much better mood when it's dr pelman if it wasn't against the gospel i would think mom has a crush on him but i know better because lust is a sin and mom would never engage in sin even though the page <laughs> two pages before it says mm-hmm. well decaf she says, drinking coffee in any form is technically against the church rules. Well, it's decaf, so I'm sure God would make the exception.
2: And mom the reason says, they're drinking decaf, too, is because decaf is, is an appetite, appetite suppressant. Or uh, not decaf, but coffee is an appetite suppressant. So.
1: And she says, um, I nod like I agree, even though I'm pretty sure the God I've learned about doesn't make exceptions.
2: But then the doctor wants to talk about Jeanette's weight. Oh, and also real fast. Yes. about About her mom couldn't be doing this because lust is a sin, and mom would never engage in a sin. It becomes ironic later on when you learn that the mom has been having seven, an affair. She had a
1: seven-year affair that resulted in three children that mm-hmm. were not Marks. Yep. Including Jeanette. Including
2: Jeanette. And,
1: and never told Jeanette about it either. No. She had to find out from her dad after, after the fact.
2: Like a year after her mom died. Yeah.
1: And the doctor's like... And not even
2: from her mom, or not even from her dad, really. It was from... Well, her, he, she, her, her dad told... Yeah, but the reason he told her was because his new girlfriend which is mom's uh high school best friend karen Karen (laughs) was the one who pushed him to do it was like yeah you should probably tell your kids that yeah um but anyway so doctor comes in is concerned because like the not hot doctor they're not hot doctor is like hey um i want to speak to you about jeanette's weight it's significantly lower than what's normal for her age huh mom says i'm a little anxious she's eating normally i have i haven't noticed any changes that's not true. Mom has noticed the changes because she's the one who wanted the changes in the first place. Yes! Well, Dr. Tran says, taking a big breath in, sometimes when young girls have anorexia, they're very secretive about their food habits. This is the first time I've heard the word anorexia. It sounds like a, it sounds like a dinosaur. It does. It does. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're right. Dr. Tran continues on. I suggest you keep a close eye on Jeanette's eating behaviors. Oh, I will, Dr. Tran. I certainly will, Mom assures her. I'm, I'm confused. Mom already keeps an eye on my eating behaviors. She's as involved in them as I am, if not more so. Mom not only knows everything about how and what I eat, but she encourages and supports my habits. What's going on? What does it even mean? A few months later, I hear the word anorexia again in the parking lot of my dance studio after class. I'm on the bench out front waiting for Mom to arrive while I learn some sides for an audition to play Val Kilmer's daughter in an upcoming movie. So Mom's late and don't but um, her another girl's mom has been lawyering near her minivan, even though her daughter's last class was the same last class as mine. Um, so the mom approaches Jeanette's mom and asks her to roll the window down. She says, "Hi Deb, I just want to talk to you real quick about Jeanette. I know she's living. I know she's losing a lot of weight." It seems like she might have anorexia. I want to see if you're working on getting her help. Another girl in class struggled with it, and her mom gave me the name of a specialist, and let's talk about this some other time. Mom interrupts the other mom in the way that tells me some other time is never going to come. I pull open the door and jump in, and with that, we're on our way home. Mom? I asked once we stopped Stop that red light. Yes, we are. What's anorexia? Oh, don't worry about Angel. People are just being dramatic. The light turns green. She steps on the gas. Did you learn your lines? Yeah. Great, great! You're a good. You're. You've got a good shot at this net. I can feel it. Val's blonde. You're blonde. You're a shoe in. Uh huh. Absolute shoe in. I look out the window, then back to learning my lines. I'm excited for the sugar-free popsicle I have when I get home. So like, and this is kind of guess, kind of why I mean, when I say too. It feels like there were so many missed opportunities for intervention. Yeah. Like so, people who like were so close to figuring out the truth for like stopping things before they came worse for who got so, so close to noticing the abuse and her mom is manipulative and was able to play it off. She's a master manipulator. Like that's, that's what
1: she was good at. Um, I also wanted to address my, what is it? Internalized misogyny because I assumed that Dr. Tran was a man.
2: (gasps) Sydney.
1: Dr. Tran's actually a woman. It's she okay. said, Oh, I will, Dr. Tran. I certainly will, Mom assures her. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just because, like, that Dr. Tran was a man and just wasn't hot <laughs> like Dr. Kalman was.
2: But no. No. See, I, um, yeah, I, I didn't really. I was like, Okay, she's a woman. Cool. But no.
1: I didn't pick up on it. Listen, we live in a society. We do live. In, <laughs> we do live in a society. Mm-hmm. Um also another like a f- few more things. One thing that cracks me up is the fact that this girl Michaela at the Mormon church was saying like soon like Jeanette's family's gonna become an inactive. And she's like, that's like a curse word because like inactive means like, you know, you're not going anymore. Um but what cracks me up is that um she like Jeanette asks her mom if we're gonna be become inactive Morgans, and she said of course not why would you even ask that net Michaela said that was the reason I got assigned assistant secretaries because I think we'll probably go inactive oh please what does Michaela Lindsay know she's adopted no. <laughs> oh, it's <just> like, oh. <laughs> Out of nowhere and
2: then <laughs> she doesn't know
1: anything because she's adopted
2: and then and then it goes back to sad we have to have about the scene yeah um where it's revealed that in addition to, you know, you know how we mentioned that uh, Jeanette's mom had been wiping her butt mm-hmm. since she was 8, or not since she was 8 but at least until she was 8 and then said she's going to be doing it until she's 10 yeah it doesn't stop there not shower time mom shouts from another room my whole body freezes oh no, not shower time I've dreaded showers for a while five years or so Whenever it was that I started to feel uncomfortable, that mom still showers me. Mom showers me with Scotty sometimes. He's almost 16 at this point. I get really embarrassed when she showers us together. I can tell he does, too. We usually just look away from each other, and Sky distracts himself but during Pokemon in the fogged glass. Yeah. He has a pretty good Charizard. You know? But when she showers us together, mom says it's because she's got too much to do. Sky asked if he could shower himself once. Mom sobbed, and says she didn't want him to grow up, so he never asked again after that. Whether or not Skye's there with me, Mom gives me a breast and front butt exam, which, which is what she calls my private parts. A front butt? Front butt. I mean, I, that's, like, at I least guess close enough. Like, that's better than, like, cooking. If a cake happened it was like, my front butt hurts. You You, you, you would know, know what they meant. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> It'd be such
1: a weird way to say it. It would take everything <laughs> within me to not just crack up right then,
2: but at least it's, like, close enough. I feel bad for laughing right now because of the... It's really sad, but... So this is obviously um, some sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. Whether or not the mom is deriving sexual pleasure from it, it's still sexual abuse. Yeah, it does not matter. It doesn't matter. Um... It's it's so disgusting. And you can see, too, that Jeanette isn't the only one that the mom has a preoccupation with, with her still being small, little, her little baby. You yeah. Know?
1: It's, it's all of them. Probably yeah. except Dustin, because she can't stand his gut. She hates that kid.
2: <laughs> He's her least favorite child.
1: Yeah. But it's just, like, it's so sad, because you can tell, like, she, she talks about it without using the words. I'm pretty sure she's dissociating during these events. Is that what you wrote? <laughs> yeah because she's like you know she talks about how she goes into her brain and like she thinks about disneyland yeah she's in like at the end she says um well like she's about to have a panic attack she said my breathing is shaking as Mm -hmm. i set down my schoolwork and get up off the couch my hands are clammy i try to focus on the relief i'll feel as soon as the exams are over and i know the shower is just about over And and she said that feeling that everything's better and rosier for the rest of the night i'm trying i'm trying i'm trying
2: and she says before that too By the time the exams are done, the breast and front butt exams, Mm -hmm. by the time the exams are done, a huge wave of relief washes over my whole body. I usually realize that's the first time I've felt my body since the exam started. It's weird. When the exams are happening, I feel like I'm outside of myself, like my body is a shell I'm disconnected from. I'm living entirely in my thoughts. So that's dissociation. At
1: the end, she says, I'm off to fantasy land, like Mm
2: -hmm. just
1: completely disconnecting from herself because it's so traumatizing for Mm -hmm. her
2: and this is kind of getting a little bit closer to the iCarly section but like real quick too I want to talk about the infantilization that her mom forces Jeanette through Mm. Um, like the fact that she is 14 and still her mom has her ride in the booster seat 14
1: 14 but what's even sadder is that she's so small Mhm. It, it uh, it's probably because she's not even over 80 pounds you have to be what is it it's well it's 10 or 80 pounds so it's like that's usually like the cutoff for yeah. a booster
2: seat she's four years past the 10 benchmark at least but like, yeah she probably would be at least 80 pounds if her mom didn't give her anorexia yeah and so she's probably she still i mean she could still fit in it and also 14 and only 80 pounds
1: i mean yeah again maybe a little bit bigger but or like
2: 14, like, not even 80
1: pounds yet. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but that's the thing, is, like... You don't know. You don't know, but it could be that she is that small... Right. ...that she can still fit in a booster seat. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this, when you find out that she did, in fact, book iCarly, and, you know, she says at the bottom of this page, she says, I jump into mom's arms, she squeezes me, I'm elated. Everything's going to be different now, everything's going to be better... Mom will finally be happy. Her, her dream, dream has, has come, come true. And, you know, just putting more of that emphasis on, like, this is not about her. Mm-hmm. This is about... This is not about Jeanette. This is about what her mom wants. Yeah. Fully, completely, undoubtedly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This is all for Deb. Yeah. And it's just sad. It's so sad. Um, it kind of gets... Worse. Worse. <laughs> so, sorry about that. Um, But we will get into her iCarly days in just a second Ooh, whoa. all right it's a new day a new dawn yeah I couldn't think <laughs> of anything else to say after that but it is actually a new day um When we're recording this. Almost a week later. um, Because we Mm -hmm. needed to get our thoughts in order. And this is a pretty heavy topic. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to break it up a little bit. Yeah. But we are jumping right back into this book. Jeanette McCurdy's I'm Glad My my Mom died. died. (sighs) Me too, girl. Me too. Honestly, for your sake. Yeah. Yeah. But we still got about two-thirds of a book to get through so yes let's go let's do it starting off strong um like we said whenever we ended Mm
0: -hmm. the other day
1: was that she was casted for you know Sam Puckett and iCarly and Jeanette says like I thought my being casted as a series regular might help her lighten up a bit but it hasn't Mm -hmm. she's still so critical it's stressful Um, because she got a fruit basket and she's really excited and um, you know wanting to go through it and her mom's like okay you ready to run lines you know really trying to get her going to not I Mm -hmm. guess you know just really wanting to make sure she has her lines down Um, and then her mom also says like poor thing um, meaning Miranda Cosgrove gets all the exposition she's a pretty girl but it's a shame her character has no personality, and it's Which, like <laughs> that's okay. not true. First mm-hmm. of all, you're just mad because because Jeanette's the friend,
2: mm-hmm. not
1: the main character, right?
2: And Miranda gives her like a really nice gift basket. It has it's like a movie theater themed. So it has like a bunch of like movie theater candy, Um Some fruit
1: too. It's like a fruit
2: basket. They also got is that from? I think the fruit basket. Oh, it was from someone else.
1: You're right.
2: And then Miranda gives her the like, movie theater basket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. And there's like also a $100 gift card in there to Arclight, which is a really fancy movie theater that they never go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, because mom said there was no chance in hell she was paying $13.75 for a movie ticket. Which Honestly, I get it. Relatable. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> relatable.
2: I don't care how surround their sound is. And it's pretty all around surround. It's it's pretty surrounded. Yeah. That sound. That sound. All around. All around. Um yeah, so you know, Jeanette feels like she needs to repay Miranda back because she got like this really cool gift from her. And um it's very stressful to do that because she has to go with her mom to do so because her mom doesn't allow her to like do, do anything, anything by, by herself, <laughs> including shower.
1: Yeah. yeah. One um, of the things that cracked me up. Um, was that when um, Sam, not Sam, when Jeanette was able to meet Miranda Cosgrove for the first time, it said, like, she was leaning against a wall, sipping Coke from a glass bottle, and texting on her sidekick. And she says, whoa, Coke and a sidekick. This girl knows what's up. <laughs> and I was like, wow, if this is not a timepiece. Yes. <laughs> this is really showing what era this is. But it's like, man, she's got a glass bottle Coke mm-hmm. and a sidekick?
2: Well, and, like, the line before that, too, like, up until a few months ago, I thought my rainbow bell-bottoms from The Children's Place and my quiz books from Limited 2 were cool. But since meeting Miranda, my cool radar has shifted.
1: Yeah. Do you remember Limited 2? I do remember Limited 2.
2: I remember it. I remember, like, walking in there sometimes and, like, Mom being like, we cannot buy anything from here. It's overpriced. Yeah. And like... That justice?
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. that And that... I remember I had a shirt um, and it was green and it had a... No, it was orange, and it had a monkey. Mm-hmm. You remember that monkey?
2: Oh, the like. I don't remember what his name is like Bobby something. Yeah, yeah. I
1: was obsessed. I absolutely loved.
2: I remember one, but my mom hated that monkey too for some oh, reason. No, I like wasn't. I, loved super, I don't know why. She was like that monkey. It's trouble.
1: I mean, he was kind of like trouble.
2: Yeah. Being like, I don't know, just being like a little like.
1: It's, like, cute, but it's, like, Mm -hmm. bratty what they say. Yeah. And it's, like, okay, like, I get that you like this, but, like, I don't want you to follow...
2: Yeah, exactly. ...what this
1: this stuff says. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Anyways. And so, you know, she's doing this, um, practicing for iCarly, you know, Mm -hmm. acting, you know, the thing that she hates so much. Mm -hmm. And um, it kind of takes a step... um, Forward, and it's showing her like having to try on uh, bathing suits. Um, yes. Because like, there's like a scene in iCarly where they're having to try on bathing suits, and they keep trying to, like, she wants a one piece, but they keep trying to make her wear a two piece. She's like, honestly, I just want some board shorts and a one piece like i don't want any of this Mm -hmm. and um, and
2: honestly that'd be in character too for sam
1: very in character she's
2: like it's not she's like very much like a kind of tomboy tomboy,
1: you know got the butter sock and everything and she's
2: like i really don't
1: like this very visibly uncomfortable and they're just like well can can you please just like can you please like try one more on and she's like i fine you know gives in and she says that she was she's terrified of being looked at like a sexual being it's disgusting i'm not that i'm this i'm a child Mm -hmm. and And she is a child well one yes she is definitely a child regardless of if her body is changing or not but two she's also been pushed and pushed and pushed Mm -hmm. this idea that looking like a child is ideal by her mother by the industry um that's that's the reason why her mom introduced her to calorie restriction right exactly. to keep her looking little because she was starting to get
2: boobs and like as we've already discussed too like her mom seems to have this complex around her children growing up you know Mm -hmm. as children do um so you know even when Jeanette's like trying to insert like some independence for herself like even in like small ways like Wiping herself you
1: yeah. know like, or like a herself. really simple one was i don't know if we talked about it but they went out to get ice cream and she yeah. wanted to try a different flavor and her mom was like wait this isn't your favorite flavor anymore and she's like no in her brain but she tells her mom she's like just kidding like let's get this yeah you know sugar-free coconut whatever right ice cream and she's not even able to even voice her opinion on something so simple
2: because her mom will just like break down and be like, you're growing up. I can't believe it. And like, it's very manipulative. And
1: it's normal for parents to appreciate the stages of life that their kids are at and wanting them, you know, wanting, wishing that that stage was longer. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of people like that's why I think a lot of people want to have multiple kids because they, that infant stage is so short, and then they grow out of it, and you're, like, wanting to experience that again. That's completely normal. Right. This is not at all what's this happening.
2: It's outside is, the realm of normality. Yeah, this
1: is Jeanette's mom getting upset when her 16-year-old son says, Hey, I don't want to shower with my sister anymore. And she's like, Oh, you're growing up. Exactly. And blah, blah, blah. And he, like, never brought it up again.
2: Right, exactly. It's It's a very different concept, and also, like I said, very manipulative
1: very and then as we're going forward in iCarly there is a um first kiss Mm -hmm. that Jeanette is so
2: it's just so sad she's so uncomfortable it's on camera it's with her co-star um Nathan Nathan who plays Freddie and I think um because
1: they're all kids I think that they did like he the way that she talks about him she doesn't talk about him very much Mm -hmm. but like at least in this scene like he seems very sweet very nice yeah um but the creator aka dan schneider Mm. um disgusting human being he should not be named he who should not be named is like yelling at her off camera
2: being like move your head around a bit more Mm -hmm. and um which is also just weird to like be an adult man directing this child two children two children on like how they should be making out exactly yeah he's yelling at
1: them and he's like jeanette more head movement why are we rolling blah 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 just like being ridiculous and she's having so much anxiety and she was saying you know like maybe if i were kissing somebody i loved it would be Mm -hmm. magical and incredible and not terrifying now this terrifying rush of anxiety right um and so you know kiss happens she experienced she says like it's it was an out-of-body experience which we know she has had those before when Mm -hmm. it comes to the bat like having showers with her brother
2: yeah or the especially the exams too that her mom gives her yeah like
1: the breast and quote-unquote front front butt. butt
2: exams yeah
1: um and then um you know Again, the creator is like, do we have time for another? Fine. This was not ideal, but fine. We'll move on. I'll be
2: crafty. I'll be and- at crafty at craft services. What? <laughs> yeah. So craft services is like the kind of food buffet that they have at like a lot of film. And oh, the- I'll be at crafty. Yeah, exactly.
1: Okay. okay. I was like, wait, I said crafty, but no, you
2: said I'll be at crafty. At crafty. Yes. He's not saying he'll be crafty. He'll make it work. No, he's like, I'll be at crafty. I'll
1: be eating. I'm tired <laughs> of you. Um, And so it's so heartbreaking because Jeanette says I'm sad I didn't please him because all she's ever done in her life is want to please adults right and that's all she knows and all she's been taught Mm -hmm. um that's kind of what she's built her life around too is pleasing
2: adult or authority figures
1: yeah and she says like hey or Nathan says hey we're done um Nathan says kindly, kindly knowing how nervous I was to do my first kiss on screen with him yeah, I say with a nervous laugh, half laugh, we're done. And she said, and just like that, my first kiss is over with, and my second kiss, and my third kiss, and my fourth, and fifth, and sixth, and seventh, and technically, since technically, since we did seven takes. Right. And it's like, like I said, like, this is like the only time I really think she mentions Nathan Kress.
0: hmm
1: But it's like, it's nice to see that she has, like, there's a good, like, there's a good side. Like, mm-hmm. she doesn't have anything bad to say about him. Right.
2: Um, it's not like all people... That she interacted with at this time in her... Through this period in her life were, like, awful to her or, like, awful people. It's but just the like... trend
1: is mm-hmm. the only people that are really nice to her are the children. Yeah. Like, the every adult, especially in this industry, has ulterior motives. Right. Looking out for themselves, wanting to make the most money. So, it's, mm-hmm. like, the only people that she can really believe or, like, kind of trust in a way are the kids. Because they're also innocent and also just doing what their parents are telling them to do. Right. Um, which again is has a lot to say about the industry itself. the industry in itself yeah
2: um Oof. yeah so moving on a little bit we talk more about the creator um in this ugh. next chapter yeah ugh. um and her mom's kind of like coaching her through this lunch that they're having with the creator mm-hmm. you know her mom's like and don't forget to act really interested in whatever he says really engaged try and make your eyes a little bit wider if you can it'll help him pop I'm not along. One of us should bring up my cancer, too, to really get him on our side. I can take that if you'd like. Sure. Great, 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 mom says excitedly. And it, it's just a really strange experience um, with the creator, mm-hmm. as uh, Jeanette says. Um This is how conversations with the creator usually start. He'll heap up the compliments on while undercutting other talent that he works with. I appreciate the compliments. The creator's approval means a lot to me. He's the reason I'm a serious regular on a television show. He's the reason my family and I don't have to worry about money anymore. But at the same time, I wonder if he's trying to pit me and his other talent against one another. I wonder if he says the same sorts of things to each of his talent so that we can stay in line and think we're in his good favor. I wonder this because now that we've worked on an entire season of television together, I've had plenty of time to get familiar with the creator's ways to understand him. I feel like the creator has two distinct distinct sides. One is generous and over-the-top complimentary. He can make anyone feel like the most important person in the world. I've seen him do this when he made the entire crew give our production designer a five-minute standing ovation for the jail set he built in two days, or when he gave a speech thanking our stunt coordinator. The coordinator cried with gratitude. The creator knows how to make someone feel important. The other side... Is mean-spirited, controlling, and terrifying. The creator can tear you down and humiliate you. I've seen him do this when he fired a six-year-old on the spot for messing up a few lines on rehearsal day. And my boom operator accidentally dropped the boom into a shot, and the creator stomped over to him and screamed in his face that he was responsible for, mu- for ruining a magical take. And he hoped that he would regret, regret it for the rest of his life. I've seen the creator make grown men and women cry with his insults and death and degradation he'll call people idiots buffoons stupid dumb sloppy careless the r-word and spineless the creator knows how it makes someone feel worthless and this isn't which that really, a betrayal yeah
1: this isn't really out of con like out of the ordinary for Jeanette mm-hmm. because she has spent her s- whole life learning how to read people
2: and she kind of states that um yeah. too with in the next paragraph she says I feel similarly around the creator as I feel around mom. On edge, desperate to please, terrified of stepping out of line. Put both of them together in the same room, and I'm overwhelmed.
1: Yeah, and as the lunch is going on, because the creator, you know, invites her and invites Jeanette and her mom to kind of pitch this spinoff um, show that would be called, like, Just Puckett, and it would, be, it would be about, you know, Sam, just her and then just pocket. just pocket. it
2: haha <laughs> that's not that so funny Did
1: uh, you say
2: that ain't that such a fun name for your own show yes yeah.
1: yes it is it's a very fun name mom chimes in <sighs> shut up he wasn't talking to you <laughs> but anyways it ain't your own show no stars own show Gah. but <clears throat> like there's there it's pretty much just like Mom and the creator talking back and forth. Not even that Sam... I mean, Sam, Cheese. Not even that Jeanette...
2: I'm sure she would love that if she listened to this podcast.
1: (laughs) I'm so sorry, Jeanette. If you ever listen to this, I apologize.
2: Um, Not that
1: Jeanette doesn't want to talk, which she also doesn't, but that she can't get a word in. It's like, you know, creator's like, oh, I invited you and both to lunch and I want to know how do you feel like you know how does it feel being famous and mom says she loves it mom answers for me absolutely loves it and the fans adore her too they almost always say she's their favorite character um all right good the creator says because you're gonna have a lot more of it and then you know drops that he wants to give her her own show and then um then the creator says like um but if you keep doing what you're doing and listen to me Take my advice and let me guide you. I promise I'll give you your own show. Oh, thank you, mom says, tears welling in her eyes. My baby deserves it. My baby deserves it. Mom looks over at me and nods, urging me to smile with teeth. So I do. Even though I'm concerned, the creator was very clear that his offer had a contingent. Me listening to him, taking his advice, and letting him guide me. And even though a part of me appreciates the creator, a part of me is scared of him. And the idea that I'll have to do everything he wants is intimidating to me. Why don't you seem happier? You're getting your own show, Mom says on our drive home. I am happy, I lie. Very happy. Good, Mom says as she glances at me in the rearview mirror. Because you should be. Everybody, everyone wants what you have. No. No. No, they don't. No. I would hate to be famous. That sounds awful. You have no privacy. Your whole life is on display. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And for what? For what? For what? For money, money is nice, but not not mm-hmm. not I'm not willing to give up every part of my life for this. Right. Um and then as it goes on, you know, Jeanette is starting to realize like as her fame grows, especially. Yeah. Like She and her mom, like she's like she's not hasn't fully come to terms with like her mom as like a figure in her life, but she is realizing like I I am so tired of this life. Like, I didn't want this life. My mom did. Um, She
2: says, the kind of fame I have now is causing me a level of stress that I did not know was possible. I know everybody wants it and everybody tells me how lucky I am to have it, but I hate it. I feel constantly on edge whenever I leave the house to go anywhere. I'm worried that strangers will come up to me and I get very anxious when interacting with strangers. They'll shout things at me like, Sam, where's your fried chicken? Or can you hit me with your butter sock? A butter sock is a prop my character frequently uses, and exactly what it sounds like. A sock full of butter mm-hmm. my character carries around to beat people up with. Whenever someone shouts at me about chicken or socks, I'll laugh like it's a good one, even though it's not a good one. I've heard this good one thousands of times, mm-hmm. and it was a bad one from the get-go. But it only morphs into a worse one with each time I hear it. I'm shocked by how many people think they're original and say the same thing. And then she continues. I'm so unimpressed by people even irritated by them. At times, even disgusted by them. I don't know exactly when this happened, but I know it's a relatively recent switch. I know fame has something to do with it. I'm tired of people approaching me like they own me, like I owe them something. I didn't choose this life. Mom did.
1: And she goes on to, like, reiterate that she is starting to, like I said, starting to see into this relationship with her mom and she says like and I fear that I resent my mother, the person I have lived for, my idol, my role model, my one true love. Which and and mesh met all the way. Yeah. And it makes me think of I was watching actually it was Natalie Wynn. I was watching her YouTube video. And Contra Points. And mm. she said that um there's a one of the things was like a woman who had left the Westboro Baptist Church. Oh yeah. And kind of her thought process was like if like if if I have been wrong
2: about this wrong about
1: this like I have hurt so many people and it's like you know she Jeanette is saying that like this is the person I have lived for like Mm I've been I've been like living my whole life for this one person right and it's kind of getting to that point of where she's realizing what if I was wrong
0: yeah
1: um and it sucks because, like, she has been through so much and she's still a child and she's still growing. Mm-hmm. And so it's like she is unable to get away from her mom to even kind of think about, like, you know, what if I was wrong? She doesn't have any way to get out from underneath her grip right now to be like, maybe, like, maybe my mom isn't everything I thought she was.
2: Yeah. And, like, um on the next page, too, you know, after she's detailing, like, um you know, this these interactions with her fans and like how her mom doesn't seem to actually be looking out for Jeanette's feelings for her interests Mm-mm. during these interactions, you know, just actively encouraging the fans to do whatever they want with her. Um, you know, she says, you know, fame has put a wedge between mom and me that I didn't think was possible. She wanted this and I want her to have it. I want her to be happy. Now that I have it, I realize that she's happy and I'm not her happiness came at the cost of mine. I feel robbed and exploited Sometimes I look at her and I just hate her, and I, and I hate myself for feeling that. I tell myself I'm grateful, I'm worthless without her. She's everything to me. Then I swallow the feeling. I wish I hadn't had. Tell her I love you so much, Nanny, Mommy, and I move on, pretending that never happened. I've pretended for my job for so long, and for my mom for so long, but now I start. I'm starting to think that I'm pretending for myself too. Which, jeez.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. And um, we talk about or we have talked about like this kind of um, victim mentality that her mom has and that she is super violent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the examples or one of the things that she says is like, you know, they've stopped going to church. And mm-hmm. back a while, she was like, Michaela, she's adopted. She doesn't know anything. We're not going to be, you know, we're not, not going to stop coming to church. Right. Um, there
2: was a word for it, too. Yeah. I can't remember. I can't right remember. now. Like, laps, Uh, basically.
1: Yeah, and um, inactive Yeah, was the word. And she says, like, I find it strange that we've stopped going to church since my career has taken off and mom's health has normalized. I tried to broach the subject gently one night when we were driving home from work, but mom started screaming and saying she was losing control of the steering wheel and that I was causing her tremendous stress that was putting both of us in danger. So I quickly learned to never bring that subject up again.
2: Which, what the hell? I... I don't
1: know. But with her mom, mm-hmm. you know, showing her, she says, like, maybe people go to church because they want things from God. And they keep going while they're wishing and yearning and longing for those things. But then maybe once they get those things, they realize they don't need church anymore. Who needs God when you've got a clear, when you got clear mammograms in a series regular role on Nickelodeon? And so it's like she, in the beginning, you know, she comes when she's like really young, she's like, Do we only go to church because we need something? And her mom's like, Oh, no, that's <laughs> not it. And then
2: Yeah, doesn't really know how to answer the question because she has very bluntly stated exactly what's going on. Yeah.
1: Um, and then, you know, she's like isn't gonna bring it back up to her mom because her mom's hysterical for mm-hmm. no reason. But is like coming to that conclusion, like, yeah, like this is what I've been taught, like this is what my mom has shown me that You know, when life's good, we don't go to church. But when life's bad, that's when we go. Um, And I just feel like she doesn't have a firm foundation in anything. Jeanette has never been given, like, structure and, like, stability. Mm -hmm. She's only been given, you know, fast and loose rules. um, And the only ones that have been strict are, like, the calorie restriction. And that's it. So. Kind of sad. Very sad. But. um, We move on. We press on. Nevertheless, uh, we endure. Nevertheless, we persist. Um.
2: uh okay. I have to talk about this. Oh, and do you want to talk about the period real fast? Oh, yes. Okay. Go for it. So, Jeanette finally gets her period. It's mm-hmm. been delayed for a while. Um, it could be genetic, but I wonder if part of its due to the color restriction it's just because... That. And probably just... Stress.
1: Trauma. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um... Yeah, I mean, especially like with calorie restriction though. I'll I'll follow that because I know more about that. Yeah. Um women who or people with periods who um you know, do calorie restrict, they have the potential to lose their periods. So um it's called amenorrhea, I wanna say. And basically, your body is in such a mode of survival and starvation that it has no access, really. It's not preparing for for pregnancy because you can't support a baby because you're yeah. you're starving.
1: Same with trauma. You know, like your brain yeah. is like you. The last thing you can do is is think about a child. Um, mm-hmm. Like there have been cases where women, like, or they have like they're like seventeen, right? And they've been through such trauma that they've never had their period.
2: Yeah. So it could be either or a combination both, of both. Yeah, probably both. But um. You know she finally gets it and uh she calls out to her mom who's also in the bathroom with her because obviously oh, um she, made. she says um mommy i call out mom asks me what's up and as well how mortified i am so that i can utter my next sentence. i'm bleeding the door bursts open before i can even get to the ing and bleeding and mom rasp- wraps me up in a big bear hug while i'm on the toilet which okay Oh, sweetie, she says with the gravity of someone consoling a friend who's just lost her beloved pet. Oh, sweetie, I'm so sorry. Mom, and like, she, you know, her mom kind of does some period triage, which I think we've all done. Enough, like, yeah, like a some. toilet paper
1: pad. And exactly. Just go on, yeah.
2: <laughs> Nevertheless, we persisted. <laughs> Nevertheless, she persisted. <laughs> um, And, you know, uh, she goes, her mom goes over and, um, Gets Patty, who is Jeanette's kind of school teacher that she has on set. And um, Patty comes out and she has like a, a little pad with her that she gives to Jeanette. Um, and, you know, she she says, um, she beams and pulls me into a warm embrace when mom runs off to tell the AD while I'm running late. Congratulations, Jeanette. Patty says, softly into my ear. Congratulations on becoming a woman. So you have like two very different reactions, just kind of contrasted there. To be fair,
1: periods do suck.
2: They do suck,
1: but but it's a part of growing up. Exactly, and when you've been taught to saying not grow up,
2: I'm so sorry to someone when they get their period. Like they're not helpful. pet just died or whatever. It's yeah. Like, mm. And like, okay, if someone like. St- if someone you know starts a period, like, at work or at school, and, like, they've had it before, obviously, and they're like, oh, God, my period just hit. Like, do you have a pad, do you have a tampon. You're like, oh,
1: sorry. Yeah, I got one. Yeah,
2: exactly. That's normal. But, like, when a child gets her period for the first time and you say, I'm so sorry.
1: When I got my period for the first time. Did you get slapped? No. Oh. Did you get slapped? I didn't get slapped. My mom did. Oh. I got... To not go to school. Oh. And I got to go get wings with my mom and she took me to Roses and we went shopping.
2: Oh, that's nice. It was a great day. <laughs> uh, my pe- my first period, I wasn't sure if it was my period at first, actually, because it wasn't like how I kind of had imagined it. Of, like, yeah, your first
1: one's always just weird.
2: Yeah. um, And I just like, my stomach was hurting really, really bad. Um, I also have PCOS, so my periods suck. Um, did not know that at the time, obviously. Of course. But... I got to leave school early yeah. and I just felt like crap though. Oh. So I was like late at home and then we got Mexican that night. Nice. So, you know, Hey, Hey,
1: Hey, leaving school early,
2: uh-huh. taking a nap,
1: Mexican food. What more go. could you ask for?
2: Truly. I mean, that's I guess a... wings and a shopping trip would have been nice, but truly I wasn't really up for it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I was. So. Yeah. But, um, anyways, Jeanette though, her feelings on the subject. Yes. Yeah, that's what we're trying to discuss. Tonight. No, no, um, we like to talk about ourselves, too. If you're yeah. Engaged. You I like know. some pizzazz. Exactly. Um. We can relate. After Patty congratulates her, Jeanette trudges out into the school hallway set where our next scene is taking place. I can tell by how the PAs and ADAs are treating me that they've My all ADAs. heard the- than- <laughs> rolls off the tongue, roll
1: off the tongue. The
2: PAs and ADs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh! I can tell by the way the PAs and ADs, mm-hmm. so weird to say about it, without the extra oh, yeah. A, uh, are treating me that they've all heard the news. I'm humiliated and ashamed. How did I let this happen? How did I become a woman? I don't know the answer, but I know the solution. I know what I'll try to do to fix this. Tomorrow, there won't be 2% milk or honeycomb or smart ones. I've been slacking and the slacking needs to stop. I need to get back on to, or I need to get back to anorexia. I need to be a kid again.
1: And so the 2% of the honeycomb and the smart ones is her mom was, like, becoming a little more lax, was allowing her to have 2% milk and honeycombs for mm-hmm. breakfast and having, like, smart ones, which is, like, Weight Watcher-esque, but it's, like, yeah. healthier cookies, like, letting her have two of those. And so, you know, she was really happy because, like, her mom was, a le- like, letting her have more of this mm-hmm. food, but now she's, like, it's yep. all over. Like, I have to quit it again.
2: Yeah, because I have to be a kid again. hmm Yeah.
1: So now we're back to the creator being a disgusting pervert.
2: Um, child molester,
1: so nasty guy. The creator being the creator. The creator being what he is and known for. Yeah. Um. So he says, come on, take a sip. No thanks. Come on. I've never had alcohol before and I'm only 18. Couldn't I get in trouble? No one's looking, Jeanette. You're fine. Jeanette. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know. The victorious kids get drunk together all the time the iCarly kids are so wholesome we need to give you guys a little edge the creator always compares us iCarly kids to the kids on his other hit show victorious i think he thinks it'll make us try harder
2: which is the exact same um strategy that he was using on jeanette back in at the lunch with her mom of yeah. like pitting talent against each other mm-hmm. to try and like
1: <sighs> make that like a try to get his get his approval more exactly um and he says one sip okay The creator hands me his glass, and I take a sip. I hate it. It's great. Don't lie to me. I don't like when you lie to me. I hate it. That's better, Janetter. The creator laughs. I've done well. I've pleased him. Mission accomplished. It's the same mission I have every time I get dinner with him, which has gotten more and more frequent lately, as my new contract for the spinoff he promised me is being worked worked out. And it's just like, that's just... Mm Mm-hmm. It's one thing if this is like... You're at your house. It's like a family get together, and your parents are like, "Here, try a sip of wine or something." Mm-hmm. Like this is obviously a, this is a strange man. A strange man with a very, very powerful yeah, a very big like um with complex. so much what does
0: hmm?
1: a complex. I mean, he does have a god complex. Um,
2: power differential.
1: Yeah, like a power dynamics. What I was trying to say. Like, yeah. Um, you have so much power over her. Right. Um, he he can make or break her.
2: Exactly. So she doesn't really have a choice in terms of deciding what she does or doesn't want to do or what she does and doesn't feel comfortable with. Because ultimately, her main goal in this scenario, and I'm sure that he's aware of this too, is to please him. Mm-hmm. Which, again, I'm sure he's aware of.
1: Yeah. And then it goes on to say, you know, a little bit later, you're cold, he says, concerned. I don't think that's why I got the goosebumps, but I agree. Oh. Sorry, I right pour that, he reaches out and places his hand on my knee. I get goosebumps. Ugh. She said, I don't think that's why I got the goosebumps, but I agree. It's always best to agree with the creator. Here, take my jacket. He takes his coat off and drapes it around me. He pats my shoulders, and then the pat turns into a massage. Oof, you're so tense. Yeah. Anyway, what was I saying? He, said, he asks while he keeps massaging me. My shoulders do have a lot of knots in them, but I don't want the creator to be the one rubbing them out. I want to say something, to tell him to stop, but I'm so scared of offending him. Oh, right. He says, remembering the train. his train of thought without my help. Every kid out there would kill for an opportunity like the one you've got. You're very lucky, Janetta. I know, I say while he keeps rubbing me. I do. And I do. I do know. I'm so lucky.
2: And... You no, know, you're a victim. You're a victim. And also, I mean real quick I do want to talk about um, trauma responses yes specifically uh, fight and flight most people know those but there's also freeze and fawn Um, freeze is when you just kind of freeze up Maybe you dissociate you just kind of just let what's happening happening right Mm -hmm. and we see freeze and fawn a lot um, in sexual assault cases yeah So, you know, it's very, very rare that a um, survivor of a sexual assault is going to react in a fight or flight manner, right? That they're going to try and either fight their assailant off or they're going to try and run away from it. Typically, part of that is because in sexual assault cases, you don't really have the option of running, Really? Mm-hmm. And also typically your assailant is larger than you are. So fight is really an option either. So then your brain goes into freeze or what's also very common, especially in victims of complex abuse, like Jeanette is, and those with CP- CPTSD, is fawn. And fawn is basically an appeasement trauma response, mm-hmm. trauma response where the survivor, the victim, they, they just kind of go along with what the person wants in the hopes that doing so will keep them safe. Mm-hmm. And Jeanette has already been conditioned to have that sort of trauma response by yeah. her mother, by her upbringing, right? So um, even though, you know, what we're kind of seeing taking place is, I would say an assault. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously it's not like a, a rape, but it is, you know, a sexual assault. Yeah, um,
1: at, at its core, yeah.
2: Yeah, and your brain reacts to it Regardless, your brain is gonna react the same to that. Your sympathetic nervous system is gonna react the same. Mm-hmm. Um so I think what we're seeing here is also very much a fond response. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um and so as you know, her the book progresses, she meets this guy named Joe, who Joe. is like thirty-five and has a mm-hmm. girlfriend, but is like getting kind of touchy feely with um jeanette
2: and doesn't joe also work on set
1: he does he's yep. a co-worker um he's a yeah he's a crew member um oh yes real
2: quick um mm-hmm. so I, I think we skipped over where um the mom's cancer comes back
1: it yes it does Um, she goes to Nashville to kind of work on, um, her music career, country music, country music career. And her mom is, you know, comes with her and she is kind of like sort of hinting at, um, you know, her cancer coming back. And so of course, Mm -hmm. Jeanette is a trained pro to, um, to be able to look into what her mom is actually saying rather than what her mom is portraying. Right. Um, and so she... The connotation behind her mom's words. Yeah. And yeah. so she tells... Um, like, she's singing and her mom is crying. And she says, how come you're crying, mommy? I asked her as tears spill out of her eyes. Um, you just sound so beautiful, she says, but I know she's lying mom's I think you did well joy is not at all a tearful joy it's more of an exhilarated amped up kind of joy this here whatever I'm witnessing right now is something more something deeper um and so she's like asking and she's like mommy you know trailing off and her mom says there's so much power in your voice the chorus is really just wow and she says mommy again getting louder and then when you get back to the into the verse and you go into Go to your low register. I love your Your low register. register. Mom says through tears. It's kind of got a sultry thing. Mommy, do you have cancer again? I feel the color drain from my face right after I ask it. Uh, Mom just looks as shocked as I do. Her tears stop. What? No, she tries to laugh it off. Why would you think that? Um, And she says, I saw your email to Marcus where you said your cancer came back. Um, mom looks down and the the tears return no different from the ones a half a minute ago my heart feels heavy as i watch her little body shake and heave with sadness i get up from my seat at the desk and sit next to her on the edge of the bed i hug her she feels so small in my arms i don't want to miss your tour she sobs sounding like she really means it i'm baffled how could she care about that stupid tour right now i'm not going to go on the tour i say like it's an obvious decision obvious of a decision as it feels to me mom breaks away from our hug and lifts her head as her sadness switches to anger. Net, you have to go on this tour. Don't talk crazy like that, okay? You scare me when you talk like that. You have to go on this tour. No matter what, all right, you're gonna be a country music star. Okay. Mom goes right back to crying, mm-hmm. and I go back to hugging her. And it's like, the way that she's, the ability to switch her mm-hmm. moods, and her yeah. crying and not crying, is baffling.
2: Yep. And, um... Also, the fact that, like, her mom was trying to hide the cancer from Jeanette is just, like, it shows that that kind of, um, you know, her mom is so in her life, you know, of, like, everything that Jeanette does, her mom knows about, mm-hmm. right? Like, she has no secrets from her, really, at least at this point, and we'll get more into that in a second. Yes, in just a second. But, um her mom apparently does not feel the same way. You know, her mom is keeping secrets, a really big one, like her cancer, and I-
1: Also her real father. (laughs) She's also (laughs) keeping that secret
2: from her. That one too. Um, But I find it interesting too, that like, I mean, I'm sure that there are cases where, you know, parents will kind of, try to hide things from their children so it's not make them worry yeah
1: like financial financial um, issues issues
2: like infidelity that sort of thing but a cancer diagnosis where you were
1: spouting it and like i know it's like after you had cancer like after you went into remission that's when you were telling everybody but when like you have this strong like cried almost that you overcame cancer and it's like obviously it shows that all she cares about is Jeanette's career right not for Jeanette but for her own personal gain. and it
2: kind of feels manipulative to to me as well because I wonder if she knew that if she told Jeanette about her cancer diagnosis like her most recent one that Jeanette would not want to go on the tour and and like and that's true that's exactly what she said but we also see exactly what happens when Jeanette tries to not go on the tour so anyway, Jeanette goes on the tour. Um, you know, she's away from her mom now, which kind of gives her some more freedom. Um, in a sense, mm-hmm. she isn't really restricting as much. Um, you know, this kind of goes on, um, and she starts like talking to this guy who's also on the tour as a musician, mm-hmm. and they're kind of like having some interaction. Yeah, little flirty, dirty, hand, wink, wink. Hint, hint, um, wink, hint. wink. And, you know, having a good time. And one thing that I do want to mention, too, is that he kind of drops her off back at their hotel or back at the hotel that she's staying at. And um, she like they have their first like real kiss, which is Jeanette's first kiss that isn't on screen. Mm -hmm. Um, And she, you know, sitting on the couch after this. And it says, "I pull out my phone to text him, but just as I'm about to, but just as I'm about to, there's an odd pulse in my vagina. It feels warm. I reach my hand into my pants and pull it out. My fingers are wet. This is gross. I need to shower. I'll text him after." Which I think also kind of shows her complete lack of knowledge and about
1: her body, about about sex, about sex, about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean anything. Like she yeah. thought. Frankie Munez was cute. Her mom was like, don't don't ever right. do that. Don't even think about it. She Boys are bad. She didn't know
2: what the period was before she got it.
1: Like, a girl told her about it, but mm-hmm. she had no... Like, she didn't know about it prior to that little girl telling her. Exactly. Um, And so, it's just, like, it shows how not even, like, physically childlike she is, but mentally. Like, she mm-hmm. is has been intentionally kept in the dark about right. most every aspect of yes. life that she... Thinks that something as natural as getting turned on is like disgusting and needs to go shower, and
2: also like there's something wrong with her for that. Too, yeah, probably. there's something. Yeah, there's something wrong with that. You're shameful about it. Yeah. Um. Um. So anyway, she goes back from the tour, and she's about to go get her first apartment. Woo-hoo! Woo! And it's a really big deal because you know she's finally moving away from her mom. Which thank the good Lord, right? We'd love to see it. We do love to see it. Um. And. You know, she, her mom obviously doesn't have uh, quite the same reaction. Mm-hmm. So her it's mom says, upset. I can't believe my baby girl is moving away. Mom says in a way that's different from how grandma would say it. Grandma would be weeping and saying it loud enough for her neighbors to hear. Mom says it quietly and can hardly make eye contact. Unlike her bill extension calls with Sprint PCS, this is not for show. I appreciate the ways in which mom is different from her mother. Um. And, you know, like, they're kind of talking about, like, talking about, like, oh, well, like, it won't be that big of a deal. It's just for, you know, work days. I'll come home on the weekends still. Yeah, it's you not know. that
1: far. Mm-hmm. You know, you can come
2: visit. Yeah. Um, and her mom
1: asks her. Her mom's in a wheelchair also. Yeah,
2: because the cancer is yes. Yeah. Um, and her mom says, uh, I'm hardly going to see my baby. Who's going to keep your eating on track? Who's going to shampoo your hair? Well, I did it on tour, Jeanette says. Yeah, but I saw the pictures. It looked greasy. She sniffles. Just... Yeah. So,
1: um... You know, they all pile up into the van or whatever, and they go to her new apartment, and they're, like, bringing mm -hmm. everything in and kind of getting set up, which, um... She says that we pull up to the Burbank complex a little over an hour later. The complex is okay; it wouldn't have been my first choice, but it makes sense logistically. My new managers—I switched during season three of iCarly—arranged for Nickelodeon to pay for my lodging here and for a production assistant to take me to and from work. I don't drive since Mom said it's probably too difficult for me, and that my energy and cars would be better spent could be could better be spent elsewhere, like learning lines or planning tweets. Not <laughs>
2: Much. Um. um- is ridiculous yeah so her mom gets her like kind of moving in present um and you know she's like you didn't have to do that i even curled the ribbon she says so she hands the dvd present to me mom loves to curl ribbon my Mm -hmm. god she's
1: a ribbon curling queen she
2: girl loves to curl some ribbon (laughs) um she says she's gotten more desperate these past few months she's gotten more desperate i've gotten more angry I don't know if my anger is a direct result result of her desperation, but it's at least a partial result of it. I can't fucking handle how desperate she is. The sicker she gets, the cuter she becomes in her intonation, the more innocent she becomes, the more she pleads with me. It's like she's begging me to not slip away, and I want to scream, you're the one slipping away. I could swear she can tell that I want to scream, because she doubles down on the cuteness, which, means, which makes me want to double down on the scream, but I don't. I keep it in. And when she looks at me with her big eyes, I know she doesn't. She couldn't. But I almost feel like she's enjoying this. I almost feel like she's enjoying the pain. Like it's a representation to her of how much I care. <sighs> yeah. And then the I like underlined that. Continues. I tagged it. I doggered the page. Yeah. I said, we and gotta come back to the manipulation
1: continues to turn right up. Ooh. Because as she opens mm-hmm. the present, it's a DVD of the sting. the sting which mom loves Robert Redford I do not know who that is I don't either mm-hmm. Jeanette does too but mom loves her more Yeah. and you know mom says yeah yeah
2: removing her hat or mom says I figured we could watch it tonight after you unpack well yeah yeah and I find that interesting cause it's like she's not, she's not just gonna help her unpack and like leave no, after you,
1: know? you unpack yeah I'm not going to help. And then she says, and then um, I was thinking, I don't have chemo tomorrow, so I could spend the night, you know, if you want. Ah! (sighs) And she said, this is not mom spending the night. This is mom spending every night for the foreseeable future. This is mom moving in. And I don't want her to spend the night. Sure, you could spend the night, I say. And I continue to say it every single night for the next three months until eventually she doesn't even ask anymore. She just expects it. This is not my first ever solo apartment. This is our apartment. We are roommates. And it's God. like you could, like she obviously she just feels so trapped and unable to say no. Mm-hmm. So we had to do we had to go back and now we're back to where we were with Joe. Joe's the 35 year old with the girlfriend. Yeah. And they're getting a little, little sassy, a little sexy together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so since her mom Jeanette's mom is still staying at her apartment. Um she's like Oh, it's it's their apartment. I mean now. their apartment so <laughs> yeah. like their Burbank apartment. Uh-huh. Um, she's like, Yeah, me and Miranda are gonna have a sleepover, but like, no. It's a Jeanette and Joe sleepover. Ooh. Um and her mom is like begging and is just like, Yeah, but I need you right now, Nat." And she's like, I'll be back tomorrow, like trying to be like, Okay, girl, I'm trying to get trying to get some. Mm-hmm. Leave me alone
2: her mom says yeah but i need you right now net mom says looking down i'll be back tomorrow i say gently hoping this will come for her enough for us to be able to move on from the topic there's a long pause where i wait for mom to say something she looks off and her eyes glaze with intensity that seems dissociative it, it scares is. me Just i'm about to ask her what's going on she snaps her head towards me picks a tv remote up off the coffee table and chucks it at my head I duck aside to avoid it.
1: You're lying to me, you liar, mom says, spitting as her face contorts. I'm going to find out what's going on. Mark my words, you filthy little lying whore. Mom's been harsh with me before, but she's never spoken to me like this. And you better bet your ass I'll be able to sniff the lies, be able to sniff the lies on you tomorrow when you come back. She says dramatically, it's obvious to me how much mom wants to be an actress. Right, Mark? Mom whips her her head around to my dad who had been there the whole time not saying a word as usual he nods quickly scared of her wrath fed up i grab my backpack and start to head out i'm gonna figure out what you're up to you you liar mom screams my nervous system jolts but i pretend to ignore her i head out the front door letting it slam shut behind me
2: so when i first read that line like right mark i was like is her mom hallucinating because like jeanette had just fixed her like "Quote unquote dinner it's just steamed veggies but like whatever. Yeah. And like they're having this whole conversation and I'm like and never mentions him. And I'm like Mark's here? I was <laughs> very confused as well when I first read that.
1: But uh, it's because he was yeah. so quiet it didn't matter. I mean yeah. Um, which then you know Joe breaks up with his girlfriend mm-hmm. of like five years uh-huh. for an 18 year old and as they and he's drunk Driving to this hotel. Yeah. And why they're together? He's like, "What have I done? What have I done?" He stops. Just we having were, a breakdown. We were car. together for five years. Five years. We just moved in together. We were gonna get married. Then
2: why would you fuck an eighteen? Or what? Mm, sorry, aren't fucked. Why are you trying to get with an eighteen-year-old? 18 why are you yeah, pursuing an eighteen-year-old? Like, why are you pursuing an eighteen-year-old? Exactly. She's like,
1: "I thought you wanted this." I say, looking for reassurance. You won't even have sex with me. He wails okay Mm. so just don't go after an 18 year old and stay with your soon you you, it was gonna be your soon to be fiance also you made that decision Mm
2: -hmm. also just because you're in a relationship with someone does not mean that they are entitled in any way to have sex with you
1: and he's still trying to coerce her and he's exactly like i'm sorry i'm just not ready i tell him with, with a finality that makes me proud well can you at least give me or could you give me a blowjob at least Joe lifts Coercion his head is off not the consent. bed like a hopeful, needy puppy, and she's like, "I don't know what that is. I don't know what to do." And she was like, "I can make out. I offer. I don't want to make out. I'm 32 years old. Excuse me, 32, not 35. It's not that much better." And then he says, "You're too young for me. This is never gonna work." After you broke up with your girlfriend, exactly. Now you come to this realization,
2: and oh she says okay okay i'll do it i say immediately disappointed myself because here's the thing too coercion is not consent Mm-mm. um joe lies back down sprawls out lazily like he's about to be o- like he's already over the idea but might as well go for with it since we're both here he unzips his pants and pulls out his penis i look at it for a long time what am i supposed to do i have never done this before yeah it's not a turn on when you say shit like that
1: she just told you that she didn't oh know what God. that is. um, And it's like, and it's sad because like, she's like, I don't know. I'm just doing, hoping it's going well. And he's like, I'm about to finish. Joe says with a gasp. It sounds like <gasps> it's a good thing. I don't know what's about to happen. Speed up a little bit. Thank you. I say direction. direction. Cause she says like, when I'm acting, like it's nice. Cause I have like direction mm-hmm. and she's like, I
2: don't know what I'm doing. And then suddenly something that tastes like warm liquid plastic shoots into my mouth i spit it out onto the bedspread something came out oh my god something just came out yeah it's come joe says um, joe looks at me with dull annoyance what's come joe turns on his side facing away from me and it clutches a pillow tight to his chest <laughs> he takes a long breath what, what have i, I done? done he
1: asks
2: <laughs> joe that's all you bud you sorry it's not that funny but it's just like i mean it, it's it's darkly humorous and it that's like is. with the whole book like it's horrible awful shit happening yeah but like the way that it's written is pretty funny and like it I, is. I think that's intentional yeah well i mean one part, of the
1: yeah. one of the little like in the summary that we said in the beginning it says like you know dark one of reviews yeah no no oh. it says on here oh. like on the front page or
2: the the Inside, inside of the cover
1: flap. it says
2: about dark humor oh true it's refreshing candor and dark humor definitely that <laughs> um joe cradling the pillow to his chest like just, what, like, it what kind of have sad, i done like you're the you're the more adult here it's like she's
1: 18 but you're 32
2: i i was i'm not sure i would consider myself an adult at i would
1: not i yeah. was still stupid <laughs> Um, Honestly, and then, I'm not sure I
2: consider myself an adult now. That's true.
1: You have a dependent, though. A mm. cat. You have to be an adult for her.
2: This is true. This is true. Um, I'm
1: a single mom. And then, <laughs> and then when we get to one of the most disturbing
2: ah. parts uh-huh. of this book. So... Joe and Jeanette go off on a little vacay trip to Hawaii. It's like an ending trip or whatever from Yeah, like a wrap trip? Yeah, like a
1: wrap up trip or something. Wrap gift, I think. And, and she's able to take a guest. And she takes Joe. She tells her
2: mom, though, that she's taking her friend Colton, who's gay. So she's like, that's fine if you mm-hmm. take a man because he's gay. Right. But there's one part that I underlined and said funny on it. Okay. Um, where she and Colton, like, you know, her mom because she is her mom, um, I don't mean like her mom I mean like her mom because she is the person that she is. Yes. Um, you know, like keeps checking up on her, like wants proof. So um each day Colton and I three way call mom to tell her about our Sn- are snorkeling adventures and off-riding jeep drives and white sand beach walks. She laughs as long as Colton gives follow-up details that scream, I'm definitely not walking through a Burbank Target right now. I did highlight that Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, at me. Yeah. Um,
1: then, yeah, that is at you. I know. Then a paparazzi. A paparazzi, if you will. Oh. God. Takes a picture. Yes. And completely mm. just Exposes Jeanette. Exposes Jeanette. And um, Joe's relationship. It's yes. bad. And uh, I, I can read it if you would like the email.
2: What? If you want, yeah. I'll go for it. Go for it. Um, so And this is this comes after 37 missed calls, and 16 voicemails, voicemails, and 4 missed emails. Um, and then it says in parentheses, We no longer share an account. I recently created my own thanks to Joe's encouragement. Which, yeah. Anyway, the email. The top email. The email. Dear Net,
1: I am so disappointed in you. You used to be my perfect little angel, but now you are nothing more than a little slut. A floozy. All used up. And to think, you wasted it on that hideous ogre of a man. I saw the pictures on the website called TMZ. I saw you in Hawaii with him. I saw you rubbing his disgusting, hairy stomach. I knew you were lying about Colton. Add that to the list of things you are. Liar. Conniving. Evil. You look pudgier, too. It's clear that you're you're eating your guilt. Thinking of you with his ding-dong inside of you makes me sick. Sick. I raised you better than this. What happened to my good little girl? Where did she go? And he was this monster that has replaced her. You're an ugly monster now. I told your brothers about you, and they all said they disown you like just... Disown you just like I do. We want nothing to do with you. Love, Mom, or should I say Deb, since I am no longer your mother.
2: P.S. Send <laughs>
1: money for <laughs> our, our new fridge. fridge.
2: Ours broke. broke.
1: Woo! The audacity to go and call your daughter a slut, a,
2: a floozy, floozy, all used up, up, an ugly monster, and then be a like, liar, conniving, evil, uh, evil. That she's getting pudgy now too because she's had to throw that in there as well, and then go. Also, our fridge broke, so, like, send, send money. us
0: money.
1: Not even, like, please, just send money for well, a new fridge. It's because her mom feels entitled. entitled to that, Yeah, yes. her money. Because she's like, I made you. I made you to, like, I got you to where you are. which she never wanted it. Exactly. It and was her dream. To make matters worse, she gets another email from her mom and says, you caused my cancer to come back. Mm-hmm. I hope you're happy knowing this. You have to live with this fact. You gave me cancer.
2: So, which, Jesus Christ. Um, and Jeanette crafts the letter back to her mom saying, My dear Nani Mommy, please, can we at least just meet up in person to talk about this? Please, just me and you, we can sit down and talk this out. I can answer any questions you have. Please, Mommy, I hate laying you down. I would do, I would do anything to not disappoint you. I feel confident that if you knew the whole situation, you wouldn't think these things about me. I love you so much. I want to be close to you again. I miss you. Love, Natty. And she ha- doesn't doesn't need to
1: do this. No. But she has been so conditioned to that to think that she owes her mom. And when she crafts this whole thing up, right? Then, you think her mom would have
2: something to say of any kind of substance? But no, she says, sure, we can meet up. P.S. Reminder to send fridge money. Our yogurt has soured. What?
1: (gasps) You called your you called your daughter every name in the book, and she writes back this heartfelt like I I I love to please you. Like I'm confident if you if you listen and all this stuff. Like I really want to meet up, just me and you. I miss you. And she goes, sure, we can meet up. Send the damn money. (laughs) Send fresh money. Our Our yogurt has has (laughs) soured. No, I can't have my Greek yogurt parfaits. It's like, are you kidding me? What? Uh, yeah. Like, the thought process of this one. I don't know. I cannot believe it.
2: I'm... like, I can only believe it because of what we've read up so far of, like, the... Yeah. Like yeah. If, if you would have sent me this, I'd be like, okay, there's gotta be
1: something. Like, she must be fed up. But, like, with what we've seen, like, there's literally no reason.
2: Um, it's, And, like, there's never any sort of excuse for saying your daughter that, obviously, or a child that, but... No, and like, when this they... this is just so, like, her mom is just so temperamental like and just ready to fly off the handle at any moment like mm-hmm. ugh. and and i wonder too if part of it's because she is threatened by the idea of Jeanette having someone more important in her life than her mom it could be
1: and also like not giving like not caring anymore mm-hmm. like caring even less um but what about what she says or how she says it because maybe maybe because she knows she is dying so she's like you know I have to make sure like I impart with her like I leave I leave this earth like knowing that like I I still have like I still control her Mm -hmm. kind of thing
2: exactly because it is all about her control
1: with her mom so then after this um you know, they meet up and they're going back to the motions of, like, mom eating steamed broccoli and she's eating steamed cabbage to go back into their, like, calorie restriction together. And she's like, when is she going to bring it up? Like, she, it's like she was so outspoken and so angry about it, but they mm-hmm. never talked about it. And then her mom asks her to sing When Beneath My Wings at her funeral. And she said, mom's cancer f- Mom's cancer falls under the category of things that we pretend don't exist because they're uncomfortable to talk about. Mom asking this question is a breach of our unspoken rule. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to process this or how to proceed. Um, and her mom is like giving her like pointers on how to sing a song for her funeral. For her funeral. Yeah. And is like insisting that she sings it in Panda Express. Yeah like out
2: loud for everyone to hear Mm -hmm. and and one thing about this i feel is really really interesting too is like initially like you know jeanette doesn't want to do it and then um neither in panda express she says mom we're in panda express i'm not gonna just try it and she starts singing and voluntarily my voice or my singing voice starts pouring out of my mouth my body is programmed to mom on demand um which i feel is just so indicative too of like this conditioning that jeanette has you know, gone through over the course of her life of anything her mom wants her mom gets anything her mom tells her to do she does mm-hmm. like even though she's uncomfortable she doesn't want to do it her body reacts to it
1: it's like I have to do it um there's no you know there's no way that she can keep herself from doing it um
2: and then it's her mom's birthday later on, and, you know, Jeanette is spending the day with her, because of course they are. Um, what day? When does she not spend the day with her? And she asks her mom, you know, like, they're going to lunch, um, their grandpa's driving them, so she asked her mom, like, Where do you want to go? I ask. Please don't say it. Please don't say it. Please don't. Wendy's? Mom's just innocently. Sure. I say through a tight smile. There's nothing inherently wrong with Wendy's. In fact, I go so far as to say there are several things inherently right with it. We've all tried the Frosty. Do you love a good Frosty? Oh, god, I love a good Frosty. With fries, Ooh, the fries. Oh, yes. Ooh. Mm, the sweet and the salty. Mm. Mm-hmm. My, ten- my tenseness isn't coming from Wendy's. It's coming from Mom's reasoning for suggesting Wendy's. She knows I have money and could take her anywhere she'd like. And yet she chooses Wendy's, not because she likes it, but because she can go and tell her friends or fellow churchgoers how humble she is. How down to earth that even on a day as special as her birthday, all she did was eat a side salad from a fast food restaurant. This thing and mom drives me nuts. This thing where she yearns to be pitied. She's got stage four cancer. She's already plenty pitied. She doesn't need to throw Wendy's on top of it. Which I
1: highlighted that and wrote victim complex beside Mm -hmm. it because it's like she literally like her whole entire life is defined by the fact that she is a victim.
2: Yeah.
1: Um and she takes joy in it. And it's like she can't she can't just like live her life to like have experiences or whatever, it's all about joyously. Yeah, it's all about living her life for for her to tell somebody about it mm-hmm. so that they can be like, "Oh wow, that's so brave of you" or like whatever it is. Like it's not right. It's not just saying it, or it's not just, you know, doing it to do it. Like she says, I have plenty of money. We mm-hmm. could go anywhere. We could go to a five-star restaurant. But she wants to go to Wendy's just so she can tell other people. Exactly. I went to Wendy's for my birthday, right and I had a side to, salad. I
2: just went to Wendy's, have, like, a little side salad. You yeah, know, very low-key. Girl, very, get the chili, okay? It's pretty okay. good. Just get the chili. Get a square burger. Get, get you a potato. That potato with the chili with the cheese with a frosty and some fries on the side. That dip, is a dip, meal. Dip, dip. Dip in that frosty. I was just saying, also, like, they're, like, little, um... I don't know if they have it anymore. They used to have, like, this peach lemonade. Oh. It was so good. Mm. I think they switched out there for, like, the pineapple mango lemonade, which is also good, but it's the peach lemonade.
1: Yeah. You know. Um, And then immediately after this, um, you know, she starts... Her mom in the front seat starts convulsing. She starts having a seizure. Yes. Um, And so they pull into the Nickelodeon studio, and they call 911, and the ambulance comes, and... um, she says, like she see as she, as I'm squeezing my dying mother's hand and watching froth spill out of her mouth. We pass the poster again. The poster being this giant, like, billboard. vibrant. Um, it's a Nickelodeon Studios has a bright purple and yellow billboard for iCarly, complete with my fake smile and cheesy airbrushed hairdo. And so she's like you know, as I'm holding my dying mother's hand, we pass the poster again. I see my dead-eyed grin and my stupid fucking outdated hairstyle. My life is mocking me. And it's like, you know, it's the day before Christmas Eve, they go to the hospital, to the ICU, and she's stressed and she's like, you know, I want some Burger King. (laughs) Yeah. She goes and she gets a Whopper and fries, a Coke Icy, some tacos, and chicken sticks to go with it. She said, I considered making myself throw up. I've heard about this before, but I've never actually tried it. This is is originally, or this is where, like, the belief of, like, or the thought, the start of her bulimia.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And she says, you know, she tries to put her fingers down her throat, but nothing happens. She says, I give up. I wash my hands. I'm a failure at not eating and a failure at getting rid of the food I do eat. Right? So she comes back, and they go, like, she's awake, Dustin tells me. I rush over to her bedside table and take her hand in mine. I love the way her hands feel. They're small and her fingers are short. Her skin is shiny and warm. Net, she says as she turns her head feebly to look at me. My eyes well with tears. Maybe she's going to be okay after all. I can't believe it. I'm elated. The boys said you stopped at Burger King. You don't need to be eating that stuff. A lot of grams of fat and a whopper. I beam. A tear trickles down my cheek mom's gonna live for now she's gonna live i know mama i know i did get it without mayo she sighs still you just woke up in uh-huh. the icu yeah and your first in like your first instinct when your kids your sons tell you that hey mm-hmm. you're stressed out daughter because she thought you're gonna die when i right. got a wa- got some you know burger king yeah Is like mm, you shouldn't eat that that has too many too much fat in it
2: yeah and like in part, I kind of get that, like, there's, that's the eating disorder brain, right? Yeah. Like, you know, of, and you, uh, once you kind of have it, it's hard to turn off of, like, how many grams of fat, how many calories, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. It's in, like, certain foods. It's hard mm-hmm. to get rid of. But what's sort of about this is, like, she isn't just, like, internalizing this information. She is spewing this at her daughter mm-hmm. as a means of controlling her. But what, what I also found interesting about this passage right here where, you know, her mom wakes up and that's the first thing on her mind is like the first like the prologue the first chapter of the book where Jeanette's at her mom's bedside and like is trying to get her to wake up and like that's what she tells her like she tells her what her weight is now Mm -hmm. that she's only like 85 pounds I think um and I'm like you know at the time I said that's a strange thought to be having that that'll wake your mom up but now I'm like you know that's what she wanted to hear the first thing that the first like as soon as she woke
1: up that's what she wanted to hear yeah it makes sense it makes sense um and then we have a iCarly wrap up Mm -hmm. and it's very sad very you know Jeanette and Miranda have gotten very close and so they're really sad to um part Mm -hmm. um and then she's getting ready Jeanette is getting ready to leave for the um I think it's the worldwide day of play for Nickelodeon um and her that like
2: scratches a very distant like nostalgic memory and i hated mind. that day because that they
1: because worldwide day of play they would not play anything that's on right. nickelodeon they wanted you to go outside and play and i was like no i don't want to do that um yeah don't tell me what to do i'm just gonna switch over to disney channel now literally that's what i would do
2: make uh, cartoon network coming feeling spicy if i'm
1: feeling a little spicy i want to watch some courage the dog
2: I want some ed
1: and eddie want yeah. some bill and mandy some foster's home for imaginary friends Ooh, love that show i know um but it's worldwide day of play and her dad's like calls her she's getting ready to leave for it and he's like you really need to come down here um and so they go to the house because they have hospice um set up for her in in home mm-hmm. and there's like this current guy that she's been kind of like talking with a little bit and mm-hmm. he keeps texting her and she and uh, joe broke up by yeah her and joe they did not work out no she was like i don't love you i'm t- i'm over you and yeah. he was like as he was eating like a veggie like a vegan <laughs> yeah. sandwich or whatever like really obnoxious. and life. like a
2: sports bar yeah mm-hmm. um she's
1: like i don't love you i don't love you um but yeah she whips out her phone to check the text from him what are you up to i'm no stickler on spelling but jesus christ get your twos right that's it i'm ready to end things i draft a text Hey, I'm really sorry, but I just can't do this right now. My mom's gonna die, and I really need to, some time to just be alone. I hope you can understand. Send. Done. Simple as that. I look back at my dying mother. A text pings. Don't say that, boo. Your mom's not gonna die. Is the most man response. Like, <laughs> the most like, like, tender dating response ever. It's like, no, you're too sexy to have a dead mom. It's like,
2: you can not see it, but Sydney was uh, doing the, like, the chin thing. Yeah, you're too sexy you to have a dead, dead mom. mom. And
1: ah. then she takes, you know, her mom takes her last breath. Yeah. We're all numb. We don't cry. We just sit in silence. Finally, I pick up my phone. A hundred messages have poured in. Everyone's heard. E! News broke the story. How the fuck they already know? Right? I have no idea. She <sighs> literally... It was like, what... She just died! Well, it says, we're all numb, we don't cry, we just sit in silence. Finally. So, like, it had been a little bit of time. Who broke the news? That's what I want to know.
2: Was it the home hospice nurse?
1: Maybe. Maybe. Um, But then it says, I go to my text tab, then click on the chain with current guy. I stare at his last text. Don't say that, boo. Your mom's not going to die. I text him back. She just did. (laughs) She's over it. And now we get to the portion of the book marked after. After. So... This will be a whole section in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to let you know, because this book is so hefty. Hefty. And hefty. full of... Hefty. 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 Sadness. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, we This is going to be a two-parter. Uh-huh. So we have made it through most of the... You know, we're we, over we, halfway.
2: We've made it two-thirds, I would say.
1: Yeah. Um, but like I said, it is a lot. And it's a lot to go through. We want to make sure that we're pretty thorough with it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so. And there's
2: so much in here that we want to talk about. Or that yes. we have thoughts about. Yeah. And you know us. We also tend to go off on tangents as well. So that kind of. That makes life more fun. It adds a little. A little
1: pizzazz. A little spas- A little fastness. Spas- um, so. If you would like to. Get part two. Of this episode. Make sure you follow us. At word word official. At. Spotify.
2: No. We are, I do that every time. No, it's okay because
1: I messed up too. Um it's... you can let us know comments or questions, concerns, criticisms, all that stuff at word, word at gmail.com, gmail.com and you can find us at word word on Spotify. Is it Word Word or Word, word official on Spotify? It's just Word Word on Spotify. No. And then it's Word Word Official on Instagram. You can follow us and we will let you know when part two comes out. Yes. Um but we have appreciated you, you wordies, mm-hmm. um, sit in with us, listen with us. I know it's a rough one, but, um, it's a very interesting and, um, it's just like good to know about, yeah. I mean, it, it sheds a lot of light on, like we said, the industry in mm-hmm. Hollywood, especially with child actors and yeah. actresses and whatnot. So, um, if even though it's a little dark, it is
2: important. Yes. Um, And it's also just a really interesting read. Yeah. Um, You know, Jeanette's obviously a great writer. Um, She adds so much humor. Um, I mean, obviously the story itself is dark and the humor is also fairly dark. But if that is your thing, then I would highly recommend this book. Yeah, and there's plenty
1: of stuff that we haven't talked about because if we went chapter by chapter, technically there are 90 chapters. Mm -hmm. Some of them are like a page or like half a page. So it's not like 90, like 15 page chapters. Um, But with that, it does help in reading it because it feels like you're going a lot faster than like Mm -hmm. you are like it's a really easy read um
2: and you know like we have kind of been going over a lot of the major details but it really is i think a different experience when you're reading it yourself as well because there's so much like the way it's written is just so just attention grabbing and interesting to read that it is a totally different experience so even if you have listened to this podcast um and you may already know kind of the plot of the book i still think it is worth You'd actually read it yourself. Yes. Yes. So we thank you
1: and we can't wait to see you back for part two. Part two. Bye. Bye. Bye.